everybody welcome back to another batman news weekly this is episode 205 in year four and we just got back from watching blue beetle now as we normally do when it comes to new dc movies we do our reviews at the very end of the podcast and they are spoiler filled reviews so you're still gonna be able to listen to the normal podcast we will be like hey we're jumping into blue beetle so if you want to turn around and stop listening to the podcast come back listen to it later definitely do that so we will warn you before we start talking about blue beetle in case you don't want to get any spoilers for the film um but for the most part there's not a lot to talk about today um besides uh blue beetle the one thing we got uh that has i don't want to say it's got the internet talking we need to i guess continue a conversation we had in a previous podcast with wonder woman 3 talk and then there's some James Gunn, Joker, and Margot Robbie talk as well. And that's basically it. It's been a pretty dead week. So, um, but yeah, Clay, what's going on with this Wonder Woman 3 talk, man? Yeah, so as we had mentioned before in a previous episode, we got some confirmation that there was some sort of conversation with uh, Gal Gadot and James Gunn. Uh, Patty Jenkins had completely left the project and everything else. And so we knew that it was going to be Wonder Woman 3 without it being Wonder Woman 3. It was basically mm -hmm. the third solo film that Wonder Woman was going to have, but just not in the continuation of the DCEU. It was going to be the new iteration, which is in the DCU. Yeah. Uh, since then, um, we have had some conflicting reports on whether that conversation actually happened or not. And a lot of people, because of the frequency of these uh, articles, and I, I want to also reiterate, the reason why these articles are coming out all of a sudden is because Gal Gadot does have a new movie uh, on Netflix. She mm -hmm. is not promoting it due to the strike. Yeah. But other articles are uh, basically did their press tour for that movie months ago. And are now publishing all of those articles in relevance to the movie being uh, released. Yeah. So that's why all of this information is coming out all at once. But uh, a lot of these articles, like I said, are kind of wishy-washy on if that conversation actually happened. And a lot of people are seeing it uh, really close to an eye-to-eye -to, -eye to what happened to Henry when yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm back as Superman. Like, it's going to be an awesome time. Like, we really are cooking things up, blah, blah, blah. You know, counting the chickens before they hatch kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of get that feeling, but I kind of don't. Like, honestly, when it comes to everything that is going on in Hollywood, mm -hmm. I don't know what to believe. I feel like legitimately everything is on pause. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think you can guess at any decision making right now because there isn't any decision making going on right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. We had a, this discussion happened in the discord because there are some people that don't want to see Gal return as Wonder Woman. And there's some people that do. Mm -hmm. I am on the boat of uh, having her return because I think she's a solid Wonder Woman. And uh, I I put a lot of hat like, first of all, this this new source that's saying that it's not happening is variety and a lot of people are like oh variety's got a good track record they do but they've been wrong in the james gunn era and james gunn even came out himself and he was like hey and this also might be hollywood reporter uh i could be getting them mixed up but they're basically got the same kind of track record 
And one of them, maybe both, had reported at one time a bunch of stuff. And Gunn had came out and he's like, hey, uh, there's that report that's going around. Um, some of the stuff in there is true. Some of it is half truth. And some of it is completely false. Yeah. So uh, there's no guarantee because, again, if this is coming before the strikes, there's no way that Variety knows what's happening in D.C. right now either. You know yeah. what I mean? Because nobody should be talking to anybody. Nobody should be working on anything. And I doubt James Gunn is around as many people as he normally is to have leaks happening. You know what I mean? Because nothing's being done right now. Um, So I'm not like, I'm not over here. I mean, I do think it's really annoying. Like it is really annoying to hear a lot of this stuff. I'm like, dude, James Gunn just come out and be like, look, these people are fucking coming back. These people are not fucking coming back. Stop reporting this shit and let's move on. Like I would like that. But we're not gonna. We're never gonna know until we get a new Wonder Woman or we get Gal to come back. Like we're never gonna know. We know Ben and here's the thing too. He flatly came out and said Ben and Henry are not returning. Yeah, he could have done that for Gal too. He could have done that. He really could have. And and quite honestly, when it comes to the decision on Gal returning or not, I am okay with both i am Mm -hmm. okay with her returning just because i think she is a fantastic wonder woman i think that she has really embodied the role and a lot of people see her as wonder woman um she has been in a lot more films before and since then and people still look at her as wonder woman that's just all that they see and so Mm -hmm. i think that's good for her um her career, uh, it can be a plus and and not such a plus, uh, depending on you know where she wants to go in her career. But at the same time, when it comes to this idea of like getting away from the Snyderverse, like yes, there are good things about the Snyderverse. I yeah. I you know I was a big believer in it, but I am also a big person that uh, that is okay if for some reason if. Tomorrow, James just wakes up and it's like, you know what? I want to do a 100% reboot. Yeah. And does a 100% reboot? I'm okay with that also, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I said, I just think he needs to be like, these people are coming back. These people are not. All right. Yeah. So if you see them recast, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, we're not going to find that out till next year, depending on how long the strike goes, maybe not even next year. So uh, it's going to be kind of crazy. I would be shocked not to see Wonder Woman in. Like, you're going to have all of these heroes and not have Wonder Woman and Superman, you know? Like, that would be the best way to just kind of, like, kill that. But, you know, people would be like, well, why don't they show Batman too? And so you probably don't want to give that away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with this particular thing, I am just going to I am gonna look at the evidence the way it is instead of believing the scoopers or the reporters. Gunn had the opportunity to take out Gal from two movies that he oversaw, and he left her. Yeah. So I would place, if I had to make a bet, if there was a gun to my head, I would say she's coming back more so than she's not. Because I I will say, though, uh, she was in the marketing of Shazam Mm -hmm. and she was not in the marketing of The Flash. So one was used as a marketing technique and one wasn't. So I think that is uh, also shows true to, hey, people really like her and they have a positive note on her yeah so that's probably why they want to keep her yeah and it was also too like i think she played a bigger role in shazam than she did in the flash so you want to keep her yeah. cameo secret right um but yeah i don't know i would place the bet that she's coming back and uh, 
I don't know. I think the one thing DC did most of the time was their female characters were really well received most of the time. Not in Birds of Prey. I don't count Birds of Prey. But like Harley Quinn, you know, pe- people liked Ratcatcher, you know, stuff like that. Like people enjoyed those characters. And so uh, I think they'll keep Gal around. I think, I mean, let's not forget, if we're being honest, um, you know, we know Wonder Woman did really well. She was carrying the DCEU for a bit because they were expecting the Snyder movies to make more than they did, which they made a lot of money, mm-hmm. but they didn't make as much as they wanted. And then, you know, Wonder Woman came around. They're like, oh, yeah, this is a hit. We got to do more like this. And then um, Margot Robbie hasn't done that as Harley Quinn, but she just did it as Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you had just made a comment right before we started talking because uh, a scooper that I am not a fan of that has been wrong multiple times um, from what I've seen. Uh, My Time to Shine, I believe, is her handle. Yeah. Uh, they have said Margot Robbie is coming back as Harley Quinn. I've never really thought she wasn't. Everybody's like, oh, well, James Gunn deleted his tweet that said she was coming back. So that means she's not coming back. Uh, Clay went ahead and said that uh, after Barbie, she's definitely coming back. Yeah, if, if uh, the comment was... If there was ever any conversation of her getting fired as Harley Quinn, yeah, Barbie reversed it. Like yeah. it's just like, hey, let's let's back the money truck here and let's make some money together. Is basically what WB is probably thinking. Right yeah, now. she's already doing executive stuff at WB, so mm-hmm. she probably has some kind of contract we don't know about, or a contract they're gonna they're gonna negotiate with. Let's not forget, she turned down Sue Storm. So, you know, she's like, I'm not going to Marvel. So that probably means I'm staying with DC and I don't want to be in two superhero franchises. So, you know, I'll just stick around as Harley Quinn. So, um, and here's the thing too. Here's another thing that is off tangent, but ties to Wonder Woman. Margot Robbie said she wanted to have Gal Gadot be Barbie. Yeah. Because she was like, she is so impossibly beautiful. She is Barbie. And then I don't know why that didn't happen. I'm surprised she didn't do a cameo. I think they maybe tried, but her schedule wasn't working out or whatever. If they make Barbie too, I'm, I would assume she's guaranteed to be in it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like maybe they want to work together at some point because they both said really good things about each other. And maybe that happens in a Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman type of story. I don't know. So I could I, I could honestly see Gunn making that work though. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds really silly. But I think Gunn couldn't make that movie work. Yeah, uh, and he want he loves he loves Margot Robbie. He said that when they worked together. He so and he also said, "Oh, I'm writing something for Harley like right now." So yeah. is that the Waller show? Is that something totally different? Is she going to be in Peacemaker too? Like, or was it something completely different than that? Because that conversation, I believe, was happening at the tail end of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, which side note, I hear those are coming back. Which, yeah. yeah, that sucks. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know what's going to be happening there, but uh, we just wanted to clear that up because we kind of had that conversation. We were actually going back and forth, like, did we talk about this? Um, but I believe we were like, oh, you know, Margot, I mean, I think we had got the confirmation that Wonder Woman 3 was going to happen or possibly going to happen, but, you know, it is it is what it is. And then, um, you know, we wanted to clear this up because now a lot of people are like, well, now she's not coming back. But I'm like, I would bet that she is. Until yeah. James Gunn says otherwise, I am going to believe that Gal Gadot will be coming back, along with um, Margot Robbie as well. The other thing Gunn randomly talked about 
And I guess I didn't out see of a lot of nowhere. Yeah, there was I, no context for this tweet whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't really see it like going crazy though, like some of the other stuff he said. Yeah, but he randomly made like what is the original movie that he it's, was talking about? It's the man who laughs. Yeah, um, okay. It's, it's based off a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was uh made in 1928. Um, and he just gave a history lesson. Yeah, on this novel slash movie, and he shared four screenshots. It's a uh, a silent romantic melodramatic movie, yeah. um, and the person that portrays uh, this character, the man who laughs, is very Joker like, and that's because mm. he even says here, Bill Finger, Kane, and Jerry Robinson couldn't agree on much, but they all agreed that Veidt's portrayal was the inspiration for the Joker in the comics. So yeah. like, just random fun facts about DC. Um, I would like a little bit more of this. Um, mm. And of course, like the Joker is a very popular character. So like it, it's, it's going to get a lot of hits. But if you give me more of these fun facts, like I think that's going to give more uh, validity to people who are kind of iffy on this whole new reboot or you know are not necessarily the people who are the hardcore snyder fans that just hate the idea but more so the people who left the idea of like dc is probably never going to get good again and now they're seeing james gunn do this type of stuff they're like oh now it's in good hands like yeah i think this could be a good weird way to promote his future dc work yeah he did um just promote the historia story from you know for wonder woman that was done by kelly sudaconic i believe her mm-hmm. name and uh that went from apparently like 63 on amazon's comic book list to number one so which was pretty crazy i did enjoy that kelly was all like hey this is awesome but uh if you can't find it on amazon you should call up your local comic book store and so she kind of shifted it to like hey support comic shops you know which i think yeah. is really cool um which speaking of that i need to go pick up my one bad day book set um tomorrow because they called me. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was really cool. I am curious um, if I hope he's just kind of tweeting that out. And I hope that's not what they're going to build Wonder Woman off of. Because we don't know what the Paradise uh, Island well, thing's going to be. And that was, uh, for me, whenever I saw this tweet, the question then came to me, like, this man who laughs being a silent romantic melodrama really comes off as like almost horror-esque yeah just because of the vibes my question to you is i did have one question but i already know the answer to it which was going to be should the joker be retired um just because we're kind of we've already had this discussion we think he should be because he's in too many things Mm -hmm. but what kind of genre of Batman film do you want to see the Joker come into first? Like, do you, I think you've answered this kind of thing before, but do you want to see like the return of like the Jack Nicholson, like silliness Joker, Mm -hmm. or do you want to see like an almost horror scary Joker? Like where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to see Joker go in the DC? I, I am tired of psychopathic Joker. I want comedy Joker that is also crazy. Like, 
the you know as much as i love the dark knight joker that joker wasn't really funny he was like subtle funny you know like when um you know i don't i forget the line but i it's like one of my favorite lines when he's in the um when they're in the hospital bed and like he's talking to two face and he's like are you crazy I'm like oh no 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 it's i think it's in the um it's in the when he has the grenades like on his jacket and he's like are you crazy and he's like yeah like right, something yeah. like that what well, really uh, like the way he says that like, well he said he he's yeah yeah cuz he's like are you are you insane he's like yeah yeah. Like he, he just kind of like yeah. the 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 subtleness is, is where the comedy lies with that but i want the ridiculous like i'll slap you across the face with a fish joker but i want him to be able to on a dime switch to the crazy i will kill you and your family joker you know what i mean like yeah. i want to be able to you have to get a really good actor that can play both and so um that's what i want to see Instead of just like, I'm already over the creepiness. I, I think Joaquin's performance was amazing. I don't need that in, you know, in the DCU. I want a funny, I want the animated series Joker. Because that Joker was scary, but also funny. I want him yeah. to laugh maniacally riding a rocket, you know, into the sky. Like, just kind of ridiculousness. Um, I don't, I, I've said this before on the podcast. I don't want any more villain films. I don't need anti-hero films either. You know what I mean? You might be able to make Red Hoods work, but I don't really care. Like, I just want heroes going against villains. And if you yeah. want to tell a villain story, you tell that inside that hero story. You know what I mean? Um, I know a lot of people talk shit about, like, Black Panther's uh, effects in the first movie, but fucking the story for the villain was great. Uh, yeah. I thought he was awesome. So, like, that's how you do it. Like, but... I don't know. I just don't want villain films anymore. I hope that's not what's going to happen in the DCU. Um, I think Gunn's a little bit better about that than anything. But who knows? I mean, maybe we get those in the animated stuff. Like, we still don't really know where things are going. We won't know until Creature Commandos comes out and we get that first movie, which is going to be Superman Legacy, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I don't know. That was a really odd tease. But I like, uh, I made a comment in the Discord saying that, you know, if it's just for the sake of comics, I feel like DC will try to keep Gunn around just for that because he's selling comics like crazy by just tweeting stuff out. Yeah. He even said in one of his tweets, it was like number 60 something in, uh, he says right here. Uh, oh wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. It says it was 63, yeah. uh, on Amazon's, uh, DC book list. Yeah. All the way to number one in, what less than 24 hours yeah which is insane he has done this back to back with things like the authority superman uh uh, uh oh all-star superman yeah he has done this several times uh supergirl uh woman of tomorrow it has happened time and time again uh you made the joke it's like hey if if anything else they'll keep gun just for selling comics yeah um and honestly, DC needs it. There has been time and time again where we hear that like DC is not doing well in their in like in profits. Yeah. And with this, like, don't get me wrong, a lot of these people are purchasing it to probably try to resell it and sell it for big bucks. And like, oh, look, this is going to be the story for the new movie. Who wants it? Who wants it? Type thing. 
but there are genuine people who are going out and buying it for their collections. I know, I know a couple of them. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing. Um, I hope that like, I haven't read this story. I've heard great things about uh, Historia before. Um, mm. I have, it's, it's Kelly Sudaconic over at DC has been a hit or a miss with me. Yeah. Um, particularly her Aquaman story. Some issues were really, really great. And then some just were not good at all. Mm. Uh, this one was a really big hit for DC though. And, and black label. So I, I'm eager to see how Gunn is going to translate it into his DCU. Yeah, I haven't got to read it. It, I am scared that it'll be one of those takes on Wonder Woman where they use the old-timey dialogue and all that jazz. And I'm just like, ugh, I hate reading Wonder Woman stories like that. They try to be like Greek <laughs> mythology and all that. It's it's the same. Honestly, it's the same for uh, for James, uh, Jason Aaron over on Thor, um, mm-hmm. which... That's also some news. Um, Jason Aaron is coming back to DC in I don't know how many years. Uh, yeah. He's writing a Batman story. Uh, yeah, they always come back for Batman. But he he always did like the Nordic talk for Thor, mm-hmm. and people hated it. Yeah, so. it's just not like it's cool if you're doing a movie or something like that, you know. But reading it is not entertaining. Like, oh, what you do is you make it normal. You do normal dialogue, and then you put the parentheses in Nordic. Like that's all you got to do. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, you're you're also dyslexic, so it's even harder yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to do any of this bullshit. Like the when it when they like they do it, in, you don't get real Russian and shit, right? Like, yeah. and they just says translated from Russian. Like yeah. that's what you do, um, and you got to make it entertaining for people to understand. Like I was super pissed recently. I'm I'm not su- I wasn't super pissed, but it was annoying. I'm reading Chainsaw Man currently, and there's this one moment where somebody starts talking in a different language, and I'm like, oh, "What the fuck?" I was like, "I know this is already translated from Japanese to American, but you're translating it from Japanese to this different language I can't fucking read." So there's like five <laughs> pages. I don't know what the hell they said, and I was like, "I'm not reading it. Like uh, I'm reading it digitally, but I don't think." I have the option to um, to translate translate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, it gets kind of annoying, but it is what it is uh, anyways. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, everything we got besides um, for all the Dark Knight fans out there. Uh, I know there's a lot of bros out there that think it's the greatest movie of all time. Well, if we're going by the numbers, it is now the number two greatest movie of all time domestically because Barbie has dethroned it uh at warner brothers it has had the title since it came out or since its first run or whatever and uh it was the best thing warner brothers had done domestically but barbie has now destroyed that so uh yeah i i am curious to see by how much it's going to eventually like beat it when it's finished it's it's theatrical run yeah i don't know i'm pretty sure barbie and oppenheimer have extended their runs so insane yeah. even oppenheimer is now officially the top grossing uh rated r film yeah it's uh i think it's crossing it either just crossed or it's going to cross 700 million yeah so wait r-rated film at paramount because it ain't I, at wb uh i th- i think it's it might well i think it's domestically oh domestically yeah maybe I, it can't there's no way it's the number one because joker joker is number one yeah yeah so um 
yeah, I don't know. Pretty interesting. But yeah, Barbie reigns supreme. If you guys haven't seen Barbie, it's a good film. Go fucking it's watch so it. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, but anyways, that's uh, all we got really for new stuff. So we're going to move over to viewer questions. Then we're going to do comics because we got a few of those. And then, uh, oh, wait, I forgot to talk about the most engaging story <laughs> was, that happened this week. I was to know week. if you were going to bring it up. I, I forgot. I had to look. So <laughs> there was rumors apparently on Twitter about Lex Luthor's casting for Superman Legacy. And a lot of people were uh, either trolling or believing this and having to ask James Gunn because an article said adult superstar Johnny Sins is joining James Gunn's Superman legacy as Lex Luthor officially, question mark. No, we aren't talking about a porn parody. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of people out here that were believing this article uh, that Johnny Sins was going to be Lex Luthor. He's played a many, a many great roles in his lifetime. He's been a doctor. He's been an astronaut. He's been a plumber. He's been a, he's, he's a chameleon. He's a chameleon. Um, but a lot of people were sending this to James Gunn. He was like, you guys can't be fucking serious. Like, why would you believe this? Yeah. One, dude? Like, oh man. And, it's uh, so good though. It's like, there's this, there's sometimes where you just lose hope in humanity, like yeah. with things like this. But at the same time, you're like, internet never change, please. Like, just like, yeah, there's like that. I find that funny, but at the same time, when I really sit with it, I'm just like, are people really that stupid? Yeah. Like, you want to know one thing that's annoying me right now? That I find funny because I'm like, oh my god, that's so like people are so oblivious and will believe anything. The one thing that's really annoying me right now is because the trailer just came out, Scott Pilgrim, everybody's like, oh, so we're cheering a pedophile now? And I'm like, oh, here oh, we go, God. dude. And so, like, everybody's like, Scott Pilgrim's a pedophile. Like, he's a pedophile. Like, he's dating. I don't, I don't know. The girl's 16 or 17 in this show. I forget. Or the movie or something like I, that. I, she is, I think. She's in high going, school. She's in high school going into her senior year. So she's either... 16 going on 17 or 17 going on 18. Yeah. And uh, he's 22, I think, in yeah. the show. So everybody's like, he's a pedophile. He's a pedophile. And uh, I'm just like, oh. I was like, I, I don't even want to get into the conversations about like, I was like, first of all, you're not supposed to like Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> like, he's not a good guy. In the, in no, the he's show. not. <laughs> like, he's not a good guy. Uh, as much as the, the cool pow pows and all the, you know, protagonist stuff, like, at his core, he's a bad guy. And that's part of the story. Like, he realizes that. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm not a good guy. And he, he's under the guise that he thinks he is. And uh, But I don't know. I've been seeing that lately. And I saw, like, a lot of people. Oh, they're trying to cancel now. They're trying to cancel. I saw this article that, because um, I think it is a lot of Gen Z. They're just like, we're going to cancel everybody and everybody for everything and call out anybody. Um, but I, and I don't want to throw that on all of Gen Z, but you're not really hearing it from millennials. So, like, yeah. who else is it? Gen Alpha? Y'all can blame Gen Alpha if y'all want to do that. But the thing is, they're starting to cancel um, Dorothy. Uh, I forget the the actor's name. Because when she made Wizard of Oz, she also did, like, blackface in one of the things. Yes. And, yeah. uh, Judy Garland? I think that's her name, right? Uh, I'm, I'm terrible at names. 
But I saw that on Twitter. And then everybody's like, y'all are not about to cancel Judy Garland because apparently she went on and did really good things with the Civil Rights Act and gay movement and all that kind of stuff like that. So like, y'all are not about to do this. Like, y'all really need to start researching shit because she was in a contract that she had to ab- abide by. And she was a child. So they're like, you, they just, children just did whatever they were told in Hollywood. They didn't have a say so. They didn't have a way to speak up. Like, you know, yeah. how old is the Wizard of Oz? 50s? 40s? I don't know. I forget how old it is. Uh, 60s? 50s, I believe. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, I, I see that. Like, a lot of people are like, dude, y'all need to fucking start doing research, which I've been on that train for a long time. I said I got off the cancel culture train. When they canceled Jenna Marbles, like I was done. I was like, I'm, I'm, fuck, I don't believe in this shit anymore. It's fucking people don't do research. People don't care about the way the person is now. I'm cool with calling people out on their past. Oh, like don't get me wrong. Like if there's somebody who needs to be called out, yeah, call them out. But like, don't call somebody out just because somebody said, "Hey, you need to call this person out." Yeah, well, it's also about context, right? Like, I, I think it matters. Like, you got to think about the era that they grew up in. You know, mm-hmm. you got to think about what was okay during that era. And you'd be like, yeah, it was bad that they said that stuff. But it was also everybody was doing that. Like, exactly. You know? And and you have to look at what they're doing today, not yeah. like what they're doing 10 years, you know, yeah. prior. And I feel like there are so many people that do good things in this world. And if you're like, oh, if you define them by their past, then they're just like, well, I'm just going to be a hermit now. I'm just going to shut off and not do anything. And then you're just losing the good people that are doing good shit. And you're left with the people that don't give a fuck. And you're like, oh, yeah, you had all those good people. But- I I just recently, uh, I, it's funny that you mentioned her. Uh, I was scrolling through TikTok the other day. And mm-hmm. I saw old, like, clips from Jenna Marbles. I'm just like, yeah. god damn it. Like, yeah, she was she's, she's just gone now. Yeah. Yeah, she has not come back. I think she would have the biggest comeback ever, though, if she did decide to come back um but speaking of tiktok bro that that website has went to hell it's so bad you like (laughs) i think it was literally uh one of your streams Mm -hmm. that you were just like holy shit i just opened this app and somebody was sitting on my face like yeah (laughs) it's crazy so i've been like i've been slowly working on the new channel and i'm like i need a fifth video to make i'm gonna talk about how bad tiktok is because when I stopped doing my channel, I stopped doing TikTok too. And so I've been off of TikTok for a year. I recently came back because I needed to download a video for another video I'm doing. And you can't do that from the website, which I think is really dumb. So I was like, let me just download the app and I'll just download the video. So I download the video and like, yeah, the first thing I do is I have this girl sit on my camera or sit on the front face because she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this girl's like in her underwear. Dude, no, so... I will say this. There has been, I think, for the past year, Juice, mm. for the past year, there has been these trends of, like, how women can get away with flashing the camera. Like, getting oh, away yeah. with the I guidelines. I see them all the time. It is insane. And I'll admit, some women have gotten really creative, mm-hmm. and then some are just not creative whatsoever, and they're just like, hey, camera, tit okay bye yep. and it's just like what the hell yeah happened? i don't see i'm surprised i don't see enough people talking about it which is crazy but it's like nuts man I, I was just like what is going on and a lot of it is like getting into weird fetish territory like those uh people that breastfeed they're not teaching anybody anything that's like a fetish thing like they're like breastfeeding you see, you've said that before like you said that 
when you started really seeing that kind of content yeah. on TikTok. It was a while ago. I never saw that trend. Dude, um, I've seen like two or three new channels. And the thing is, it's not one person doing it. It's somebody taking a bunch of videos from different people and putting them on channels. So they're like yeah. constantly uploading them. And some of these things have millions of views. And it's just like, what? It's like, it feels very exploitative of the children. And I'm just like, bro, what? TikTok needs like hardcore guidelines. Like I am somebody that's all about spicy shit, but even I'm like, yo, TikTok, this is way too far, bro. <laughs> like if I want this kind of content, I'll go to OnlyFans. Like this is getting insane. Like it's crazy, dude. Um, so yeah, I might be doing a video on that because the I I don't even want to be on there. Like it's just, it's so weird. Like, I'm just like, I'm all cool with the girl being like, look at my new dress. I'm like, okay, wow, thirst trap kind of thing. Yay, cool. But some of the shit I'm seeing on there, I'm just like, yo. Yeah, it's not even a thirst trap anymore. And I think that's kind of like it. You could say that like the thirst traps were getting out of hand. Yeah, that, that the trend was going on for too long or whatever. Yeah. Some people made it really fun. Some people made fun of it, which was also really, really fun um i remember the there was a trend of like the silhouettes that were like mm. uh like the the red light the, and all of that and yeah. people would make fun of it while like going into like the t-rex costume after yeah. the lights went off and stuff and it was really really clever and really fun and now it's just like the way the algorithm now works on tiktok mm. if you watch a video for longer than five seconds yeah the algorithm is like oh you want to see more of this content yeah. And so like I'm trying to figure out what this video is and then I finally realized it's like oh they're trying to hide a nipple and then I'm scrolling and I see like six more and I'm like yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the the videos I thought were nice and like harmless were like it was like people in their normal work everyday clothes and then they got into their like I'm going out on Friday night clothes and it was like oh damn, like this person dresses up really nice and then they had like music to it. But now, dude, I have gotten videos that are just straight like girls orgasming as the audio and like you can click on it and it's just a bunch of people using this orgasm audio and i'm like what is happening how is this allowed on this platform like it's crazy yeah i tiktok like i used to just be like getting people having really bad batman takes on that app <laughs> and i'd be like oh i gotta talk shit about this like you know what i mean but now it's like i'm, I'm glad i'm it's, not on this app it's actually kind of like difficult to stay on the comics side of tiktok i bet i've been trying to like downvote stuff because for the longest time i kept getting political shit i'm like i'm over this i'm fucking done i was like downvote 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 and then like i don't know if i just like one cosplay video too much or something like that but damn like it's out of control man um so yeah tiktok is not for children i'm gonna say that you should start having to say are you 18 plus when you go on that app because holy damn uh anyways we're moving on to freaking uh viewer questions and i don't know if we have any in the discord I don't we, think we actually do. do not so it's all, all right. going to be on the youtubes all right first up we got eduardo de la cruz you were expecting funny well no uh just who would win doomsday versus juggernaut clay versus juice <laughs> sinestro versus magneto all right uh doomsday versus juggernaut i'm gonna go doomsday doomsday 100 right because um, I think if he knocks off his helmet, it's GG, right? Yeah, I, I, I think for one, like you could say Juggernaut is unstoppable, but like Juggernaut could still die. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if you if you're saying Juggernaut can beat Doomsday, you're saying Juggernaut can beat Superman, and I'm sorry, yeah. that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. 
Sinestro versus Magneto location matters. If you're fighting in space, Magneto's fucked, right? Yeah, I, I think the absence of metal there yeah. uh it has Magneto completely hindered. Um so just grabbing him a ball and throw him up into the, and he also can't breathe in space. Yeah. So like I'm just like, all right, you're in a ball, let me fly you up, you know, upward. So like I would go Sinestro there. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Sinestro there yeah. too. And me versus Clay. Okay, here's the thing. Clay's got more mass than I do. So he can definitely, you know, depending on Guys, how we're... Juice is a twig. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that to be completely, like, rude to him. He, yeah. He's tiny. Yeah. Um, I'm very thin man. So. Uh, but also, I saw this more of, Juice, we need to 1v1. I don't know what game... Like I need to either get back into Gang Beast mm-hmm. or I'll you destroy need... you in Gang Beast. Juice will one hundred percent destroy me in Gang Beast. Um, I've been I I mean if you're watching this video right now on YouTube, you see that I have been playing Battlefront Two like nearly every single day, yeah. and then Juice just stopped playing, and I'm like, God damn! The whole reason why I started playing again was because I... Juice yeah i i definitely will get on battlefront here and there um the thing is like i don't know why i got it into friday so much like we used to have a lobby in friday that we could fill up with eight people and have alternate people like change out during my streams and friday is just such a simple mindless game where you're running to collect things and to escape jason and i've noticed i'm playing with children and so it's funny to like run around Jason and be like, try to get me, try to get me. And they're trying to grab me. And then I have a knife and I hit him. And like, I'll start the car and go pick up people. Like, because again, it's, it's in the horror genre. So it's not yeah. 100% going to be for me. But what's the difference between Friday and Dead by Daylight? So Dead by Daylight. So here's the thing with Friday, the victim, it's uh, one, one Jason versus i think the max is seven people so it's one v seven and your your counselors or you're the you know the people at the camp and you have to try to survive jason you have a some maps have like a car and a boat to escape or you can call the cops uh but you have to get the fuse to turn on the phone to call the cops right yeah if you're good enough you can actually kill jason but you can only kill jason by getting like his mom's sweater and by having Tommy do the killing, which is a guy that only shows up if you call him. So there's little things you have to do in uh, Friday that make it fun. Dead by Daylight is 1v4, I think. There's one killer, four victims. And all you're doing there is you're like, you have to turn on these generators. And if you turn on enough generators, a door opens and y'all just escape. And, like, there's no weapons there. You can fight Jason. Like, you can get a shotgun. You can get a uh, flare gun. You can get, like, swords and machetes and stuff to hit him and try to, like, beat him up. Uh, But you can only kill him if you have the sweater that distracts him and then you kill him with an axe. Did you see the Dragon Ball Z version of Dead by Daylight? I did not. No. There's a version of Dead by Daylight that Mm -hmm. is nothing but Dragon Ball Z characters. I haven't seen that. And the the villain that you're like running away from is either Cell or Frieza. Hmm. I would have picked uh Gangrel. Not Gangrel, that's a wrestler. What is his name? Garlic Jr. Garlic Jr. Garlic Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, Garlic Jr. Uh, because I always thought he was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So Dead by Daylight is a smaller group of people, but they have a like they have multiple different villains you can be. 
So like you can be Leatherface, you can be all these other types of people. Like they have everybody but Jason, I think it feels like. Uh, and they they're very uh, IP heavy. So like they have a lot of yeah. DLCs I think they also had like the Stranger Things yeah. characters yeah. in there. At they one just got Nicolas Cage. So like oh it's, that's yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah. So that game has been a lot of longevity. Friday would have probably become that, but some weird thing happened with the licensing where they kept yeah I, I, doing I saw the game. that. Yeah, like they made the game, but they didn't have full licensing. So the person that has the licensing was like, you can't do it anymore. And they had to just fucking stop playing the game or making the game. They had a great. Yeah, they had an insane That just roadmap. fucking sucks because you like if I had the license and somebody did that, I'd be like, hey, let's work at a deal. You clearly yeah. are making money from this. I want to make some of that money, too. Instead yeah. of just saying, hey, stop that. Yeah, I don't know what it is with people with those old school IPs, you know, like. I don't I don't get it. Like, why wouldn't you want your IP to keep living? You know, yeah. which is really weird. Cause you know, if Alan Moore had the rights to all his shit, we would never see anything from him. Like he'd be like, <laughs> That oh, is no. so true. <laughs> You're never gonna see it. Uh, I know a lot of people always talk shit about DC and being like, Oh yeah, they're never gonna let him have his rights back. I'd be like, but Alan Moore would never do anything with them. Like, yeah, you know, he's I don't if if Alan Moore hasn't already got into filming and like wanting to be like make movies out of his stuff, then He's never going to do it. I mean, like, he's retired already. So there are just, like, people like that that just don't want anything to be done with their IPs, which kind of sucks. But, yeah, so that really sucks. So I've just been playing that. Like, I'll be working at my job, and I'll just, in between rounds, be like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, so that's all I've been doing. And tomorrow, this new Chainsaw Massacre game comes out. So we're going to be playing that on stream. So um nice. should be pretty interesting. But anyways, uh, so, yeah, if it came to gaming, um, I, I've got a good chance. Depends on what we're gaming in. So really depends uh because i don't know uh if it's like that card game clay will probably kick my ass in all card games i'm not <laughs> i'm not somebody that studies card game i don't study shit i just play the game and i get good like with what i know and then like like it was funny I, i've been playing friday with my friend uh flores and i just recently learned that you can find out when people actually do things in the game like if they fix the car it says on a map and i'm like oh and he was like, dude, you didn't know <laughs> you that? making it so much harder for yourself. Dude, I was running to the car to check. I would run <laughs> all the way to the car to check, and I'd be like, oh, they got this done. And he, and he's like on the map, like, oh, dude, it says they did it. And I'm just like, oh, for real? And I was like, nice. So, um, but it was funny because like he was like, dude, you didn't even fucking know. And just minutes before that, he didn't know you could look behind you when running. And I had told him <laughs> that. And, and he was like, you didn't know that? I was like, bitch, you didn't fucking know you could look behind you. And he just got to stay quiet. I was like, come on, man. Oh, I was like, I just don't, I'm not a reader of things. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I just don't read things. I just do them. Like yeah. Resident Evil, never read that shit. Oh, I, like I know there's a whole story behind Resident Evil, but if it doesn't happen in the cutscenes, I don't know it. <laughs> all you know is zombies shoot them. That's basically yeah, all you yeah. have to do. That's why I don't think I could ever get into the Elden Rings and all that. Cause I don't want to read all that shit. I just want to yeah. hack and slash. I just want to like chop stuff up. So I final fantasy is good enough for me, right? There's not a lot to read in final fantasy. The story is basically times. always told to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, it's situational based. So there we go. Um, Moncray says, if you woke up as Batman for a day, what, I mean, just for a day, what would you do? The comical answer here is Catwoman. That's what everybody <laughs> says on the internet. Cause I've seen this a million times and I'm like, that would be my answer, but it's also the internet's answer. So it feels kind of cop out. Um, but 
Catwoman. That would be my automatic answer. <laughs> but if I'm Batman for a day, so you're Batman for 24 hours, what are you doing? In see, like a part of me says in the city that we're in, you can't be Batman. But at the same time, I feel like you yeah. can be Batman. It's 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 very weird. Like it's big oh, enough, are we but doing it in our small. city? I guess. I mean, if we're being Batman, like we're being Batman in the real world today, what are you doing, right? Yeah. Hmm. First of all, Jason Todd responds, knowing Juice, he'd smash Clayface. <laughs> 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 Just because, look, I've been forced to answer that. My real answer would be Catwoman. Harley Quinn. Oh, that's that. a great callback to the other question. Yeah. That's so great. Um, if I woke up as Batman today, I have 24 hours and I'm Batman. I hmm. If I'm what I'm doing is I'm releasing a bunch of government information. So, like, oh, I'm shit. releasing, like, I'm going hardcore. All these, like, politicians that are doing shady stuff that we kind of know that they're doing shady stuff, but we can't prove it or whatever. We don't have evidence. If I have the evidence, all out there. Dropping all of that shit. Uh, then I'm going to, like, the dictators of the world and seeing what I can do there. Seeing how I can take care of that and letting their people you know, take there's over. There's always, I, I love the uh, the quote in in The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. of like basically batman doesn't have any jurisdiction yeah i love that idea yeah and like i honestly i want to see more of that in comics in mm -hmm. all honesty um we know that he specializes in gotham but we never see him go outside of gotham in a lot of stories yeah. uh so yeah one i think that's the number one thing i would do is yeah. is go after like the top 10 worst people in the world yeah and 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 i'm also um since i'm pretty sure i have the technology to do it i'm taking money away from a lot of bad people and just giving it to other places just now you just sound fucking... like green arrow yeah that's what i'm doing i'm fucking robin hood in that shit you know what i mean so that's what i would do i would do some shit that like i would never be able to do in this lifetime you know what i mean so i'd fuck up a lot of shit like that because then at that point it's just like oh damn you know um but yeah that's what where i would go next up we got nathan that says uh what dc crossover would be most appreciated aquaman and spongebob flash and sonic wonder woman and final fantasy green lantern star wars batman mortal kombat which hasn't that happened um superman dbz much appreciated um i mean aquaman and spongebob has kind of happened <laughs> like barnacle kind, boy and mermaid man kind of it, yeah. it's basically that um most appreciated is really hard um if you've ever seen the sonic movie mm -hmm. he reads the flash comics oh, okay um like the there's a moment when he's like in his bunker or whatever and he's reading a whole bunch of comics at super speed and they're all flash comics hmm. um every single one of them so i don't get wonder woman final fantasy like that just doesn't i don't think it really jives that well wonder woman game of thrones i'd be I, more into that i could see that i could see uh do you yeah. know what legitimately makes sense wonder woman god of war yeah yeah it's probably a better a better crossover uh green lantern star wars don't care um, there has been a green lantern star trek crossover Oh, okay. Yeah. Batman Mortal Kombat, I feel like that's happened, but I'm probably just getting Injustice confused. There, well, there was a uh, backstory 
mm-hmm. in the Injustice digital comic, mm-hmm. there was a, uh, I think after the inclusion of Scorpion, I think was in the first Injustice game, um, the, when the DLC came out for Scorpion, mm-hmm. uh, they made a digital comic where uh-huh. he entered the Injustice universe. Mm, interesting yeah uh superman dbz i think would probably get the most talked about because Mm -hmm. people constantly talk about goku versus superman i I think it's just the two most pop culture iconic characters coming together would would make more noise yeah for sure for sure i would go with uh that would be the most appreciated um although i think you could make a funny fucking spongebob aquaman show like I think oh, it'd yeah. be pretty funny. Um, Jason Todd says, would an X-rated parody of a DC movie help or hurt its reputation? Like, for example, what if the Flash movie or Blue Beetle parody was made before its release? These get made all the time. Where the fuck? Have y'all not been on the internet? Like, there's plenty of these. <laughs> and they don't hurt at all. Like, somebody literally did one for BBS. And it was, like, high quality. Like, they had like, a Batmobile I think, and everything. I in think it. so much so that, like, they like there was actually a conversation around it on twitter yeah. uh, that it became so popular yeah it was uh yeah these happen all the time no they wouldn't hurt because like the quality is oftentimes so comedic that people just laugh at it you know what i mean so um also to be honest right now with the way animation has gotten so crazy those parodies don't even need to exist anymore cuz the animation parodies are over the fucking top like the yeah. quality animation is insane ask overwatch and genshin impact they carry in those franchises right now <laughs> um alexis Barreta says out of elon musk mark zuckerberg and jeff bezos who would be able to become a real life batman they all have wild feats uh mark zuckerberg because he actually fights people so <laughs> yeah. jeff um, bezos would be lex Luthor. Hands yeah, I, I think there is a beam out there um, yeah. where Jeff Bezos visited some sort of like techno convention yeah. and like like a robotics convention, a robotics convention. Yeah. yeah. And he had like two like weird robotic. Jeff dogs. Bezos at a techno convention would be. That would be fucking funny. No, but robotics convention where he was wearing like two massive gloves or whatever. And they were like, oh, my God, he's become the real Lex Luthor. Yeah. I, 100%. I think Jeff Bezos would become the Lex Luthor of the world. Elon um, Musk's ego would not allow him to be Batman. Yeah. So he's just also, I mean, have you seen him? Have you seen him? He's the least fit out of the three of them. That is so very true. He uh, is not going to be Batman. Although his technology is probably the closest to all of them. I don't know. They all have different technologies, to be honest. Jeff Bezos could probably get a worldwide situation done faster because of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuckerberg probably has insane technology when it comes to the internet, like social media, all that kind of stuff. And he almost just has like the physical technology, like spaceships and all that kind of shit. So yeah. they all do have different things. But I would say to be Batman, you need to know how to fight. So Mark Zuckerberg would be the best one. Um, they all suck though, so uh, it is what it is. And also, I think Mark Zuckerberg is uh, a robot, so you know he's probably a robot, like, uh, yeah. a, a reptilian alien, whatever people yeah. say online, all all sorts of things. Yeah. So yeah, moving on from that, 
Uh, we have Clay that says, which TV show would get the best reception? Anthology following different Gotham citizens. Um, Orange is the new black, but Arkham. Historical drama of Gotham th through the ages following a single family lineage. I like all three of these. Yeah, I would say the historical drama is my least favorite. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I don't know. It probably goes in that order, to be honest. Then Orange is the New Black is probably second. And then the anthology of different citizens. I like that because you don't have to stay. Like, you can tell a story per episode. Yeah. And of, if anybody you know. has ever seen, and I've talked about it before, um, it's probably one of my favorite animated films ever, which is actually in canon to the Nolan trilogy. Mm -hmm. It's called gotham knights and it's uh an animated anthology um all of these stories have different animation um they feature a number of different villains that of uh deadshot of uh uh man bat of uh firefly they uh killer croc is in there as well uh so many different uh uh batman characters yeah. in this one anthology and it's just great i absolutely love it you can uh watch it on max right now um it was featured in the like if if you guys ever purchased that like 20 year anniversary of all of the animated films it's featured in there as well uh but it's great and and that idea of getting an anthology and each citizen like having a story to tell about how Batman saved them, or yeah. if it was a uh, a criminal on how Batman captured them, I think that would be really, really fun. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I think that'd be cool. Um, but that is all we have for questions, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're going to move on to comics before we talk about the Blue Beetle review, so you can still listen to these if you want to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, moving on. So we had about, oh man, how many books did we have? We had... Seven. Yeah, we had seven... I feel like we can blaze through four of these because first of all, Joker number four, the manga was nothing. Yeah, it really was a whole lot of nothing. This one yeah. was the really uh, the first letdown for me in mm -hmm. the four chapters that we've read. Yeah, it was basically him trying to get little Bruce into a school and it's him going through the struggles of being a person that doesn't have an income that's trying to get assistance and just having to go through that. And he has to lie on his resume and stuff like that. And yeah. that's that's all it was. And, you know, spoiler alert, he doesn't get the assistance he needs. And then Joker's like, damn the system. Fuck it. You know, and it's just like, you know. And, and then him... it ends. Yeah, like yeah. this, it is something that is relatable. Like I've had with uh, the rest of the chapters. Mm -hmm. But there was always something that really hit comedically. And yeah. this one just did not. Yeah, I know going through the system uh, when I was going to college uh, because my family was unfortunately in the situation where they made too much to get financial assistance, but not enough to put me in college, you know, yeah. like a lot of people in the world. So I had to pay out of pocket, which really sucks, which I'm kind of grateful now that I'm older that because I didn't finish college and I'm not like, you know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars in debt, which is nice. But um, for the most part, I understood it from that, you know. And also, like, I've worked with people that are like, oh, dude, you know, that have kids that, you know, have multiple kids that are trying to get assistance. And they're like, I can't. So they have to work two or three jobs or whatever. And uh, it really sucks. So, like, it's interesting to hear that. It's really, I haven't checked, but are these 
these are Japanese writers, right? Yes. Um, I'm curious, like, if they learn that from the struggles of America, or if that's something that also happens in Japan a lot. Because I found it very relatable as an American. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm curious about that. So, although I do hear everything in Japan has a billion like piles of paperwork, like they are like as much as they're so advanced when it comes to animation and everything. I hear they are so far away from transitioning to technology like they still use cash and coins everywhere like Mm -hmm. they do not do cards and every time you do something it's like a mountain of paperwork so you're like oh you want to open a bank account mountain of paperwork oh you need like somebody to come out mountain paperwork like it's like i'm everybody bitches about that so much i hear that's insane yeah i'm like bro like you could do all this online but they don't want to move over which is crazy um but i don't know but apparently they have super fast mega internet like it's like super great like just crazy uh anyways let's blaze through these two books that were just unreadable almost first one being punchline night terrors number two this book the artwork was amazing yes i thought the artwork was amazing the concept was so fucking lame it was so lame and again this might be because we are like losing a little bit of context due to the fact that we didn't follow her backstories at the i think oh where were they they were at the end of either detective or or some other batman book we were reading Mm -hmm. they there was backups of the overall uh uh, punchline story and that's mm-hmm. what led us to eventually read the uh the meeting of her and the royal flush gang and now they're a whole group yeah. uh and so with this we like we complained about the first one also so mm-hmm. this whole concept with punchline i don't think we're really just connecting with it at all no. uh the first issue was just like trying to be very intellectual a lot of monologue and it mm-hmm. didn't hit with us here she is literally fighting through the internet because, of course, this is, again, the Night Terrors book. Yeah, She is fighting internet trolls as well as a robotic Batgirl from yeah. the first issue. And, like, we do see Insomnia at the very end of the issue. But, like, at that point, I'm already checked out. Like, yeah. the, the worst thing about this whole issue was the very, very cringy dialogue that was like, oh, we need to put internet puns in here because yeah. it's the internet. And it was just bad. Yeah, she literally falls through YouTube. They can't say it's YouTube, obviously, copyright-wise. But she falls through YouTube, and uh, you know she's fighting this creature. And like, you know, this is one of the dialogues. I'm pretty sure there's nowhere to land in the infinite scroll. Because, you know, people infinitely scroll, you know, through stuff like that. Um, She talks about, like, the format of stuff. She's running um, through things. She, like, literally stops the plane or she stops things at some point. Like, she hits the stop button. She hits the like button in this. She's literally fighting people with like buttons. Like, it's, they're trying to be extremely meta here. And it's terrible. Yeah, she tries to, she literally tries to block these internet trolls with the block button, 
and yeah. she's unable to get it. So she gets another button and slams it, uh, slams the the trolls with it. And just like you said, the meta ness of this issue just kind of made me roll my eyes and I'm like, okay, this book has lost all interest in me. Um, we have been very positive over mm -hmm. this event and unfortunately the books of night terrors this week have just been bad yeah hold on is this okay hold on okay i was gonna say i was like was howard writing this because i feel like howard was pulling from real life but it's not howard on this book yeah. but it could be just any writer kind of dealing with this because we criticize a lot of writers too so it could be this but just to just to let you guys know of how cringy this dialogue is this is literally the sequence of when she meets um insomnia she uh because she sees him and she's like i've seen better cosplayers i'm not bothered and he's like you keep saying that you're not bothered you're not triggered and she's like why would i be this is obviously some weird gas or drug or illusion so like i was like Ugh. like because everybody uses the term triggered right on online mm -hmm. and like oh am i bothering you did you get triggered and like ooh, look i won the argument because of that and then like once somebody says that, no matter what you say after that, doesn't matter. It's because they're going to think you're triggered. And like everything after that, it's like, ooh, look at you. You're upset. It's like a childish fucking five-year-old conversation. Yeah. And then it goes to like her trying to like, I don't know. It, it, again, it's one of those weird defense things. Like you make me sound like I'm one of those terminally online losers who spends all day talking about me. And I'm just like, <sighs> I feel like the writer could be projecting a little bit here. You know? Well, and and that's that. This is also a big thing that is going on with Punchline. Like she yeah. became internet famous due to her trial. Yeah, and that had started to be really good. We loved the concept of like a podcast getting involved, and like yeah. you actually could go listen to it and things like that. Like we thought that was really cool, but they didn't follow through with it, and it just it fell off the face of the earth. And yeah. so like. By this point, Insomnia is literally pressing the mute button and so she can't speak and like she it's this idea of like losing your voice online and again it's just like you've already lost me. Like yeah. you're you're going too far here. Um and this idea of this technological robotic monster Batgirl has completely lost its meaning by this point. It's it's yeah. just literally there to be something scary within this nightmare yeah yeah and um yeah the dialogue was just bad i didn't care what was going on i said the art was great but again i've said this i said this the last time we covered this book i don't think villains should have inner monologues and yeah. again maybe that goes to like i'm tired of villain books because that's kind of how you have to you have to give them their inner monologue because they're like, oh, well, we do it for heroes. I'm like, I don't want to know a villain's inner thoughts. See, for me, though, I think there is a special case for certain villains because I think there are certain villains that we think of as like, oh, they're methodical. They're going to think like no other villain thinks. And so you might want to see inside of their head for a bit. Mm -hmm. But with these other villains, like it's not something that like, oh, what really makes Punchline tick? Like, yeah. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. You know, maybe down the line when you make her a little bit more interesting and get like me to legitimately want to read her stories, maybe then I'll like want to ask that question. Mm -hmm. 
but so far i i haven't been wanting that at all yeah i don't know i don't um i'm trying to think of like when i've ever heard like joker's inner monologue and cared well not necessarily like it's it's the same thing as a monologue you know like are we going to want to hear punchline have an endless monologue with a hero if it's good It depends. I've heard Joker talk for a while and he I like what he says. Yeah. It all depends on like if you're hitting the character. I think Punchline just doesn't have I don't think her character is solidified. Like I feel like you could rewrite her whole origin if you wanted to and make it yeah. better, you know? Um but I think like it it's unfortunate that I feel like they made Punchline and they're like we're making her for the modern era and like the modern era doesn't mean you have to be terminally online even though that's how a lot of people are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can still make a good character and not be terminally online, but I don't know. So that was kind of a uh, kind of weak. The next one, Clay was trying to read this before blue beetle and um, <laughs> it was bad. Uh, and this is teeny Howard is actually writing this. This is the mm-hmm. Catwoman number two for uh, night terrors. And I gave up on this one, like two pages in. So this is really like if we weren't worried about the war of Gotham before, I think we should definitely be worried about the war of Gotham now. And the reason why I say that is every other writer is taking a break from their books in order to get their main story up to par when the regular series starts up again outside of this event. And Teeny Howard was like, nah, I can I can handle the event also. Yeah, it's just like she couldn't uh, handle Catwoman before this event. Like for real, like I would have, I would have appreciated maybe a little bit more if you took the time to let this go and jump onto, you know, writing your your main series. And you could probably think like, oh, she's like setting things up for her main run and inside like the mind of Catwoman, and you get mm-hmm. a little bit of insight here. I'm not getting anything here. No, no, this book was bad. I told Clay, I mean, obviously, I also don't like the art in it. Um, I told Clay when we were talking before Blue Beetle, I was like, I didn't notice that she was missing an eye. And so some of the art just looked really wonky until I noticed. I'm like, oh, she has one eye. And I was like, I thought they were just drawing her really poorly. (laughs) And so like, it was really odd because I guess she has a cat scratch across her eye or something like that. But they try to give us a new, like, Joker in this, which is lame. His dialogue was terrible. Um, and then there's just, like, a lot of Bruce and, and Selena in high society kind of stuff. And then these snakes show up. And I just didn't give a fuck. I didn't care about anything that was happening in this book. And then fast forward, because I don't think anybody cares about us talking about this, you know, um, selena takes a a bite for batman and like she's like dying but he's like oh i got this serum for you i got you don't worry and she ends up waking up from her nightmare right yeah and um and then she's like her inner dialogue says my dreams want me to release control my dreams want me to step back from the ledge before i destroy the city these people or the man i love uh what happens if i've sown chaos that i'm not and I'm not her. I'm not here to shepherd. What if Gotham? What if the what if the best Gotham could be is what it is now, demons and all? And I'm not only and I'm only making it worse. 
once this war has been started, all I can do is have faith in why in why you started it and fight until the war is through. This doesn't sound like fucking Catwoman. I don't understand what this I like. Again, it's supposed to be like thought provoking, like, oh, like this is some deep shit from Catwoman. And it's not like you're supposed to be getting like I said, you're supposed to be getting something from this nightmare to make her realize why she has to make the decisions she's going to be making in this war of Gotham. But there's no context. There's nothing there to make me feel like, oh, I get it now. Like, I get why, you know, it says next love and war in Gotham war. Like, yeah. At the end of this, I'm not excited for that at all. No, no. You are giving me a, uh, an event, a crossover event, technically with two of my favorite characters with two of my least favorite writers. Like somebody wants to just annoy me. It feels like, because I just don't, the context for everything is just bad here. Also, one thing that we're not, um, we'll be covering, I think it's next week or two weeks from now. I'm not too sure when it comes out is Tom King's penguin is coming out which he has confirmed to me because I asked. I was like, is this going to be in continuity with Zadarsky's Batman run? He says, yes, but you don't need to read anything. Oh, well, that was one of the books that we were supposed to read. I forgot to read it uh, today. It's, not, it's, it's, it's not. the issue zero. That issue com- zero is just all the backstories from. Oh, is it really? Yes, that's all it is. So yeah, you can catch up on it. That's it. So, like, you can read about the twins and all that stupid stuff. Because I was looking through it. I was like, I've seen all this shit before. I was like, that's annoying. So, yeah, that wasn't Tom King. Because it says Zadarsky. I was like, why is Zadarsky writing the first book? That doesn't make sense. So, yeah. Going to be very interesting. Because Tom King is basically writing Penguin after Zadarsky did it. And is, I don't know, probably going to make it interesting. I would hope. Yeah. But, like, he says you don't have to read anything, which I find hilarious. Because I feel like Tom King's going to be like, uh, fuck you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to do my own thing. You know what I mean? Like, you gave me a blank slate. I'm just going to make Penguin rise again, which I'm tired of that story for Penguin. Yeah. Falls, rises. Falls, rises. Like, I'm fucking tired of it. Uh, and Batman does the same thing, though. But at least Batman's fighting a bunch of different villains when he's doing it. You know? But, uh... Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Howard's writing, I feel like, has gotten progressively worse. And, like, I know she got thrown under the bus recently uh, by that artist, which, that sucks. Um, But she's still, I think, fair game for criticism. Because the one thing I will say is, at the start, when she was towing the line of will they, won't they, I was intrigued by what Catwoman was going through at that time. I was like, yeah. okay, she's she's tied between two possible lovers, but she doesn't want to cross that line. And I wasn't really paying attention at the start until I saw people talking about it. And I was like, okay, I was like, all right, you know, Howard might actually be telling a good story here. And there was one or two issues there that were actually quite good. And I was like, okay, maybe there's there's a chance here. This doesn't even seem, sound like Catwoman anymore. Like the yeah. last few issues haven't even sounded like Catwoman. I'm like, what are you writing? Like, what is going on? Your Catwoman from the beginning sounds very different. And somebody who's going to defend Howard might be like, that's called character development. They shouldn't sound the same. Uh, Bitch, she's been around for 80 years. Like, 
I think all the character development's been pretty done. You know what I mean? Um, and like, granted, you can make a story and make her, you know, think differently and whatnot. I'm not. I was partially a joke, but like the main thing is, is I don't think your character should change that drastically over the course of your run. Sure, they can notice something different. They can act a different way. But this doesn't even sound like the same character from when this, you know, this thing started. So, like, I don't know what's going on there. But um, not great. Not great. Uh, moving on from that. Well, Nightwing? really quick. Oh, since Real quick. Since we're on the topic of Catwoman and Batman. Uh-huh. Um, there is some solicits for Batman 139 and Catwoman 59. These are the books immediately after gotham war you want to hear the synopsis sure catwoman 59 nine lives part one the catwoman we know has vanished selena kyle is gone she's no longer gotham's fugitive she is its ghost after the events of gotham war selena leaves the city a forever changed woman with a plan nine deadly missions each one set aside for their certain lethality only possible for a cat with nine lives. I'd be interested in that if it wasn't written by Howard. It is written by Howard. Then I don't. And give so a uh, here is Batman 139, written by Chip Sadarsky. You're going to love this one. Oh, God. Following the cataclysmic events of Gotham War, Batman finds himself completely isolated from his family. Oh, that's never been told before. Struggling to keep the rage of Zur in check. <sighs> But he can't stop because he's out there haunting the city, taunting the Dark Knight, the Joker. And the new Batman is ready to stop him once and for all. Mind Bomb begins. Ugh. Sounds fucking terrible. I hate Zer. I fucking hate Zer. I will kill him in my run if I get the chance. Yeah, I said it. I will destroy that. I will create something new because Zer, the suit's stupid, okay? I'm just going to say that. The suit looks stupid. I'd rather him be the rainbow Batman where they're all fucking solid. I'm, I would be okay with Zer if it was legitimately an alternative Earth Batman. Sure. I still think Zer being around this much is fucking stupid because he was supposed to only be around when Batman is having like a mental break to protect him. Zdarsky's just like, he's always around Batman. He's always mentally broken. So like he's here, like dude, like this one sucks so much. It sucks so much. It's, it's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. We're going to talk about Nightwing, but I saw the solicits for, nightwing pirate is about to be a thing they're gonna tell that story finally Mm -hmm. i'm just all like man how long ago was that like it was probably two weeks before night terrors started so it's it's been a while yeah no yeah the actual story when they hinted at the the pirate thing that was oh you know what you know no no no. it was it was because it was before the titan stuff it was before the titan stuff which the titan stuff took two issues if not three so and this is a monthly book so yeah no, almost... you got so remember titan started before he became the leader of the justice league so that's like two or three issues there and then remember we got the stupid like oh the little girl they go to hell and yeah, do all yeah. of that that's the what i was thinking of yeah yeah no, no no but the pirate stuff was way before that so like it's been a while 
Has it really been like yeah? Because remember the, the big event, the big event that happened was the whole like frontier, not frontier, but like you know the where uh, every dark crisis, dark yeah. crisis that happened. That's when we first started getting the Titans. I'm pretty sure that he, you know, that happened before his before the Titan stuff, wasn't it? Because it I, didn't happen. It didn't happen in the perspective issue. It wasn't that one. I think it happened right after the the um, imp one or whatever the magic imp one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after that, right? Or before that? It was. Oh shit! See? I think it was technically before. So it was before fifty then. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. What is this like fifty something? Or this is night terrors, but like. I'm pretty sure we're on like 50s. Like it's, I feel like it's been months, like months and months. Wow. Yeah, we're just now getting the pirate story. Um, That's crazy. Now, granted, if you were to sit it in one sitting, you'd probably be like, "Oh my god, they sowed the seeds for this." Yeah. Which is cool, but like, it's only going to be beneficial for the people that read it later on. For us, mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of plot holes. Still trying to figure out what's going on with his sister and why they're so cool with her. Um, but it is what it is for this particular book. We love the first issue. I don't know what you thought about this issue. I I literally told this to clay. I was reading nightwing last night and I was like, Meh. and I turned it off and I went and started reading chainsaw man. And I read 10 chapters of chainsaw man instead of reading this book. This was also a story that I, that I skimmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to rush through it last night. Um, it didn't it wasn't as thought provoking as the first issue was you know yeah the first uh, one was great the first one i felt like really set a tone and you're like oh my god what happened like he killed batman what the hell and this one was just like oh okay yeah it feels like they didn't have a story for why he killed batman yeah and like that's what i was interested in in the first one i'm like oh why did he kill batman and here it I guess Zuko drove him to that. Like, I don't really understand. Like, like that's what they're implying, but yeah. I there was no clear answer for it. Yeah. And like, I don't know. He um Barbara ends up beating up Batman and all the Batgirls show up to save him and stuff like that. He starts turning into a beast. Yeah. Um, and then He's like, I'll save you, Edward. And he's like, no, I think we're good. We'll just, just remember the time that we were actually like teammates. Because Edward Nigma is in here. The Riddler's helping him out the whole time. Um, I told Clay there was one thing in this book that I fucking hated. I enjoyed it, and then I fucking hated it. Because they, they... I like when comics, or just books in general, hint at something, but they don't tell you it. Like, it's only for the people that know, know, you know? And I think it's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. And what they did in, in the art in here... For any of my horror gamers out there, just gamers in general, there's a game called The Back Rooms where you can play with friends and stuff like that. And like you go through all of these different rooms and there's like a creature that chases you or whatever. They drew Nightwing and Riddler in or not scare. I'm Scarecrow, not, not I've been saying Enigma, uh, but um, Scarecrow. Uh, they drew them in the back rooms. I was like, yo, I was like, I know this game. I've seen so many people play The Back Rooms. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. A nice little hint at the game. But then uh, freaking Nightwing literally says, listen, buddy, if you help us, I'm willing uh, I'm willing to find you. If not, I'll make sure you rot in the back rooms forever. And I was like, 
lame. <laughs> I thought it was just so cheesy. Uh, you know, you just Easter eggs shouldn't have to be pointed at and told, you know, yeah. it's like it's like um, Pixar. I love the way Pixar does it. Buzz Lightyear is in the corner of the toy room, you know, in Finding yeah. Nemo. Like, that's what I love about Easter eggs. Um, but it feels like a lot of people tell people to do Easter eggs now. They're like, oh, you got to put something like, you know, people understand in here, but but draw attention to it. It's like, that, yeah. that's not an Easter egg then. Like Now, the correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. because I think I I understood the reference because I think I know what the game is. Yeah. The back rooms is the game where it's literally just the hallways, right? Uh It's a yeah, like you if uh, I believe so. And like uh I think a creature makes a noise or something like that and like it, it chases you out, but you're trying to get out of all of these different rooms. But I'm going I'm going to look at like yeah. screenshots of it and and think and and Yeah. I, to just to see if I have the game correctly. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that is a backup. I believe there's a creature that chases you, um, and like you can hide and stuff. But for the most part, you're lost in a bunch of these rooms. Like it's a bunch of hallways and rooms that. Yes, all yes, yes, yes. I uh, with the with the hazmat guys. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, because you can like hide in lockers if the if the monster shows up. And I've seen people troll where they're like, "Is that a noise?" And they'll run to the locker and they'll lock their friend up. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing? I don't have any more lives." And they're like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> like it's just a pretty fun horror game. Um, fun to play, not fun to reference uh, when you do it like this in Nightwing. But again, nothing burger of this book. Like it's unfortunate that, like you know, it's like Clay said, a lot of these night terrors this week have been pretty boring. We yeah. didn't read all of them. I think there was like a Wonder Woman one and some other ones. Um, but obviously, the Batman related ones kind of boring. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all we got there. Um, did you get to read Harley Quinn? I did finish Harley Quinn. Okay, and I think this is uh, quite possibly the best book this week. Okay, um, so let's cover World's Finest then. It's it's because World's Finest, we talked about it very briefly uh, before we uh, went to go see Blue Beetle. There is yep. one thing in particular in World's Finest <sighs> that I hate. So it's, I thought it was stupid, but I, I'm not the Superman fan. Yeah. So like I thought it was just cringe and stupid. But apparently there's a big history here that Clay is going to let you guys know. So yes. uh, just to um, set the scene here, this is a throwback to when Superman and Batman are kind of meeting each other for the first time. So, uh, by the way, this is also the book that we said has the amazing cover. Like, the mm-hmm. art, co- the artwork on the first cover is crazy. Well, people are disappearing in Gotham. So, of course, this makes national news, and it heads over to Metropolis. And, you know, somebody at Gotham took a photo, and Metropolis, you know, the Daily Planet, got access to this photo. They show it to Clark, and Clark is able to read these mysterious you know, this mysterious language. And he says it is called Kryptonese. And as a viewer who's not a huge Superman fan, I was like, that sounds fucking dumb. Kryptonese? And I told this to Clay at the movie theater. I was like, also sounds kind of racist. It, and it's the whole reason is because it is. Like, <laughs> the the way, you know, just like how we were talking about cancel culture and everything else. Yeah. You can judge things for their past, yeah. But if they have corrected it in the future, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we can get over it. They corrected things, yeah. And that's seemingly what they did with. It's now supposed to be called Kryptonian language. It's yeah. Kryptonian. That yeah. is the universal word for it. It but sounds cooler every, too. 
every so often you will find those random books that have the phrase Kryptonese. Mm -hmm. And very much so, it sounds a little racist. Yeah. And me being the big Superman fan, when he said, oh, that's Kryptonese. When I looked back at the language, mm -hmm. it's not even Kryptonian language. It's not even like I would have to go back to see if this is how they wrote Kryptonese. Yeah. But if you type in Kryptonian language on your phone right now or on your browser, on your computer, there is not a single character that is the exact same as any one of these. Yeah. I don't I would. And, and the reason why I know this is because. I've wanted a like Kryptonian like language mm -hmm. as a tattoo. Like mm -hmm. I, I wanted like a word in Kryptonian on, on as a tattoo before. So I've looked up what each letter is. Mm -hmm. Like I can recognize it if I see it. And this, it actually in all like seriousness mm -hmm. looks like, like almost Arabic or Islamic. It looks something like South Asian, like yeah. or East Asian. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like an alien language. Yeah, I didn't. I just thought it sounded stupid. Now, granted, I don't mind play on words. I just thought it sounded really stupid, and it's why I brought it up. And then I kind of was like, that sounds kind of racist. Actually, you know? Middle East Asia. Sorry, yeah, not East. Uh, yeah, mi yeah, Middle um, East. because the the ease has been played on in Hollywood before. Like, mm -hmm. I think uh, Chris Tucker makes a joke about it in Rush Hour, which is pretty mm -hmm. funny. Um, and so like. I just thought it sounded really weird. And because I've always known it as Kryptonian, like mm -hmm. that's Kryptonian. So hearing this, I was like, that just sounds really cheesy, like kind of lame. But then Clay was like, no, they changed it a long time ago because it doesn't sound good. And I was just like, oh, shit, I didn't know there was a history behind it. So <laughs> really weird for Mark Wade to do that because he's been hitting on this book. This has been his good book. Yeah. And that was just odd. I was just like, I've known it. I'm not even a Superman fan. And I've known it as Kryptonian. And there's something else at the very end of this book that he seemingly changed as well, uh, which is very confusing, but I'll bring it up when we get there. Yeah, so we have uh, Superman goes and visits Gotham, and uh, he's talking to Gordon, and then that's when we see Batman. He also gets the idea. There's so many times when Gordon gets the idea for the bat signal when people do these flashbacks um, that I feel like it's like the Joker at this point like how he got the origin of, of the bad signal. Cause he's like, I don't have a way to call him. He's like, it's not like I have a signal. He's like, Oh, but that might be a good idea. Yeah. And so like, they kind of do that. And then Batman and Superman, this is one of their more nicer meetings. Usually when they meet for the first time, it's kind of hostile a little bit. And yeah. like, they're kind of like, Oh yeah, let's hang out or whatever. But they're making them really nice. Superman helps them save some lives. We get some new characters that Batman's never met before, like magpie. And uh, who's this new person? Um, I don't even know if he says his name. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he says uh, his name. This person is Spellbinder. Uh, Spellbinder. Yeah. So Spellbinder and Magpie. We see them. Superman, uh, Batman kind of save the day here. And, you know, they kind of talk like, you know, Batman's like, if I need to reach you, like, I, I'll, I'll get a hold of you. And so what ends up happening is we start finding out about the disappearing people. And Alfred becomes one of the people that disappears. And so Batman's like, well, I got to find Superman. I got to let him know. Uh, and he sets up an interview as Bruce Wayne to be interviewed by Clark Kent. And they were like, yo, he never grants interviews. So if he's asking you personally, you need to go. 
And so Clark Kent goes over there. Bruce basically tells him, he's like, hey, okay, Superman. So we need to go ahead and do this because I actually tracked all of your flight patterns with my super awesome satellite that I have. So I know you're Superman. Clark doesn't really like this. He's like, look, if that's why you brought me over here to play the sick joke, don't really want to take part of it. He's like, no, to be honest. And this was really weird um, because Bruce is about to tell him, like, I'm Batman. But then for some reason, they just have this panel here where Superman just does x-ray vision. He's like, oh, I know. And I'm like, that was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I... This has been played with a lot, um, yeah. this interaction. Um, of course, famously on the animated series. The best like, interaction. Uh, I which I, I do genuinely love the interaction. Yeah. It's uh, you peaked, you peaked first. Like, yeah. I, I love that scene. It's mm -hmm. it's so good. Um, I love the tracking part when he tracked him down to his bedroom. Like, to his apartment. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's the best interaction, but that was just like really weird. I was so confused. I was like, he was about to tell you his secret identity by showing you. And then he just peeks like, yeah. And Batman does say, he's like, look, I knew you were going to do this eventually. Like you say that you, you behave yourself, but eventually, you know, it was going to, you know, you were going to peek. Like, that's just kind of what he was saying. So they, uh, they suit up and they go solve this new riddle and they find Riddler. Uh, they go over there. And then Batman gets, he becomes one of the disappeared. And somebody knocks the shit out of Superman. I don't know who the fuck this is. Um, but they reveal that they were from the Phantom Zone. So we're dealing with that now. This is Jax-er. Now, okay. the thing is, the costume was very familiar to me because this is the wrong costume for the comics accurate jaxer oh really this costume of jaxer is the superman animated series cartoon oh. jaxer which is okay. why it like threw me for a loop when i saw him i'm like why in the world would he have this superman animated series costume when he has a completely different look in the comics yeah and like if you look up jaxer and say mm -hmm. Jaxer DC Comics, you have like the first three images on Google Images showing how he looks in actual comics. Then you see him in the Man of Steel uh, movie. And then you finally find a picture of him in the animated series. Don't know why Wade decided to make this his like new continuity suit. Yeah. Like I, I liked it. But my brain immediately kind of like broke for a second. I'm like, why is this happening like this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then, uh, you know, he's kind of beating up Superman. And then we see that Batman uh, took his place in the Phantom Zone. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where where that story ended. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it, it was an OK story for me. Besides, I just thought the Kryptonese thing was really weird um, because it sounded weird. You know, yeah. I've never heard that as being a DC fan. Uh, but again, I'm more of a Batman guy. I don't know everything about Superman. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of uh, the only downgrade there. But, yeah, let's go over and jump over to the final book that we have uh, before we get into the Blue Beetle uh, review. And that is Harley Quinn Black uh, black and White plus Red. Or it's Black plus White plus Red is technically how it is. Um, this series, this is only the second book in the series, has been phenomenal. 
Like these mini stories. Now, I will say, if you've ever taken the chance on reading the black and white books in um, for Batman, those are really good stories, too. They're all short stories about Batman. They're some of the best I've read. And I know that they did uh, black, white, and gold for Wonder Woman. I mm-hmm. cannot confirm if those are good or not. But usually... There, w- there was a couple hit and misses there. Yeah. Same thing with Superman. There was the uh, red, blue, and white... I think it was or red, blue and black. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it like these are anthologies. So they're going to be they're going to have different writers on yeah. every single story. Um, and some of them are brand new to the character of Harley Quinn. Some of them are even brand new to comics. Yeah. Um, there are two stories that I love out of the three that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is written by one of my favorite writers right now uh currently doing a lot of indie stuff was a writer for mighty Morphin power rangers at a time um but it's the uh the last story um, the gordon story the gordon story uh ryan parrott wrote that one uh really really well written absolutely loved it i think my top story in this is the uh uh league of super pets and the really? Legion of Duminals. I think yeah. that is my favorite story in here. It is yeah. absolutely hilarious. That was the very Harley Quinn story, in my opinion, which I I enjoyed all three stories here. I enjoyed the first one because of the message it had, because Harley Quinn wanted to redo her origin because yeah. she was tired of people tying her to the Joker. She was just like, people keep associating me with the Joker, and I want to I wanna redo. So they capture Zatanna, and they're like, use your magic, Zatanna, and give me a new origin. So Zatanna is constantly, like, she was like, I want the Batman origin. And Zatanna's like, whoa, do you really want the Batman origin? Because Batman doesn't even want his origin. <laughs> and she's like, just give me the Bat origin. And so we see Harley Quinn as Batman. And she goes, and there's like this nice panel of her transforming into Batman. I think she looked kind of cool as Batman, to be I, honest. I, I like the subtle touch of like the tear yeah. <laughs> falling down her face. <laughs> yeah. So we have, uh, she goes to a bar because she wasn't able to get any respect at this bar, apparently. And she's like, I need a new origin. So she goes back to this bar and she's all like, give me my drink with five umbrellas, fly, five little black umbrellas or whatever. And he's like, uh, we don't have black umbrellas. She's like, figure it out. And he's like, yeah, okay. And like, he's like, everybody, she's like, everybody respects me. And then you hear the same goons that were like, they were like, oh, I think that's Harley Quinn. Like, uh, can't even, you know, she beats everybody, but the Joker, Joker always gets the best of her. And she's like, ah, and so she beats the shit out of them. And then she shows up back at the apartment. She's like, new origin, give me the Boy Scout. And so transfers into Superman. She's like, the H stands for hunk. And so, like, <laughs> she goes and she's, like, going back to the bar. And they're like, oh, you know what? That's Superman. But she's never fought the Joker. And, like, she's like, ah! And she beats <laughs> and him she up goes again. Back. I love this because then she goes, Wonder Woman. And it this turns into a nine-panel grid, which yeah. is, I love the way that they organized it because it's wacky and crazy. Technically, it's Just 12, like Harley. But. Well, yeah, correct. Yeah. It is technically 12. But. Uh, but you you see Wonder Woman didn't work out. So she was like, fine, Green Lantern. That yeah. one didn't work out. She's like, and then she's like, you know what? Dealer's choice. And so Zatata's like, Aquaman? Yeah. <laughs> and she, Harley's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. did you have to choose Aquaman? And Zatana's like, who doesn't like fish? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. It's great. Yeah. Um, 
and it doesn't work out so we eventually just see harley go back to being harley like she's complaining about all these different things and then zatanna's like oh crap like what did i do like i've ruined this whole entire thing Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day ivy says no she's harley and this is exactly who she's supposed to be yeah so zatanna's like harley i know you want a new origin she was like but the best i've ever seen you is when you've been yourself and so like it's this whole story of like you've overcome things people haven't been able to do you were the joker was your ex and he treated you like crap and you were able to overcome him and be better and she's like i am she was like i was able to defeat the joker and be best him and all this kind of stuff and so she gets all happy and whatnot and um and so they're like oh i think we've created a monster (laughs) because now she's like confident in herself which i think is funny so i think that was kind of cool but moving on to the, I guess, Clay's favorite story. Clay, you want to go ahead and tell this one? Yeah, this is uh, the uh, Great Pets Spectations. Um, this is basically a uh, like a dog show yeah. is is what it essentially is. But the it starts out with uh, it, it says uh, Gotham's Pet Club's an- annual show in robin is representing the league of super pets and out of nowhere harley quinn comes in and she's like are you freaking kidding me you have this annual show you invite all of these do-gooder pets but you didn't want to invite me and bud and lou like are you freaking kidding me and she's like oh i even brought the whole gang and it's the legion of duminals yeah and it's the the squiddler yeah bud of course the hyena lou the other hyena Barkside, yeah dexter the red lantern and the co-war-la yeah these are so clever and i love them um and essentially robin and harley make a wager of like who's the best team or whatever mm-hmm. and they have these competitions and it's absolutely hilarious. The first one is between Crypto and Barkside. Goes completely wrong. Barkside uses his Omega Beams and completely fries the sheep that he's supposed to be saving. Yeah. Um, uh, Crypto does it perfectly. Uh, the second one is between the kangaroo, uh, well, Wonder Woman but, kangaroo. Before we move on, uh, Barkside has like quotations, like asterisks for his stuff because he says woof. But, but he he's actually like, yeah, talking. he's actually talking. Yeah, and... he says Barkside is. And then he does another wolf. He's like, do not concern yourself with what I've done. And rather tremble at the thought of what I have yet to do. <laughs> what I have yet to do. It was so good. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, the second show. The second show is between uh, Jumpa, who is the kangaroo, and uh, Kowarla. And Kowarla is sleeping. And Harley's like, are you freaking kidding me? If I go to Aries right now and tell him that you're sleeping on the job, he's going to be so pissed. And then he like wakes up and jumps and he crosses the bar, but he like, he still gets a poor like score. And she's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like this thing is rigged. Something has to be going on. Why is, why are we like getting so many bad scores? The next one is between the green lant, the squirrel green lantern. I can't remember his name and uh, Dexter. And Dexter freaking hawks a freaking, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's like an uh, asteroid. A, like a hair, no, a but it's ball. a hairball yeah. uh, out of his mouth and gets, you know, last place in this race that they're doing. 
So again, does poorly. Then it's it's this is my favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> it's bat uh uh, uh bat wing or no, sorry, wing. it's bite wing, and all of a sudden he just <laughs> bite wing. Remember, he is a crippled dog. He only. Yeah. Has three legs he's on a unicycle and then all of a sudden he gets shot by something yeah i'm <laughs> like oh my god he just got shot yeah <laughs> robin takes the paintball gun it's paintball yeah. out of harley quinn's hand and she's like what like everything's put up against us why could something be against yeah. you guys <laughs> and then the next panel is the squiddler putting out the bank accounts of the freaking uh judges yeah like and like they're saying before you write anything else you're disqualified yeah and so essentially nothing is going good here the last one is between uh bud and lou and bat cow Mm -hmm. rescuing uh people from of course staged burning buildings and bud and lou were able to rescue these dummies but then he immediately start to just rip them apart. Yeah. And like Harley Quinn's like, yes, they did it. They did it. No, no, that's not what yeah. you're supposed to do. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, so essentially, like all chaos ensues because mm. Harley Quinn is just like, this is bullshit. Like, what is going on here? Uh, she says, uh, what'd she say? She says, uh, just because your ones happen to save a couple of folks, uh, they get all the votes. It's practically bribery. Maybe your animals were even halfway competent. And this is Robin saying this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Continue. What were you about to say? Yeah. And that's when shit starts to hit the fan. All of the uh, animals start to fight each other. Uh, and eventually, basically, Harley Quinn decides, hey, you know, Maybe I didn't need to force you guys talking to Bud and Lou to mm. go on to this thing and try to prove something. You're number one in my eyes. And the judge is like, oh, wait, 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 Harley. We we didn't want you to leave without anything. And so they give her this trophy that is worst in show. Yeah, it's like a big wooden spoon. <laughs> uh, and then her hyenas are laughing at her, which is yeah. the funniest part. <laughs> so uh, it was a good. This is the type of story you use Harley Quinn for. Like yeah. Harley Quinn is the one character that can be super serious and super silly and yeah. she can get away with anything. Like I said, I've always said this. The only time you, you take Harley Quinn serious is in, if she's in like a Batman run. Yeah, like that's one time. And everything else is, you know, continuity or not continuity. You just don't count it. Like it's just it is what it is. It's a, a good Harley Quinn story. But these are great. But the last story is a really good story because it's Harley Quinn having lunch with Gordon. And he's like, all right, you got five minutes. Tell me what happened. And she's all like, oh, come on. And she's like trying to, you know, she's eating an apple pie or whatever, like a cherry pie. And she's talking about how she beat up all of these cops. And they're like, they had to come into him. And um, she's kind of just telling this whole story. And he's like, I don't believe it. And he's like, but, you know, like, don't you know how it is like you don't you're not listening to me you're only seeing me as joker's ex like you're not really paying attention it's like you know you listen to your kids don't you it's like even though your kids have made mistakes and he brings up uh he brings up a lot of her past stuff that's what gordon's doing right he's judging harley off of not the truth that she's telling but off of her past he won't forgive her what she's done he's like what about barbara and she was like i didn't have anything to do with that 
And he was all like, but you knew the Joker. You hung out with the Joker. And she was like, I'm just trying to make up for that. And they kind of start talking about Gotham. And she's like, why are you still here, Gordon? She's like, you forget that I'm like a science, like I'm a doctor behind all this crazy. Like I have two PhDs or whatever. So like, I know a guy that's here for no, like the only reason you're still in Gotham is because you have nothing else. You have nothing left. You've lost everything. And so mm-hmm. if you lose Commissioner Gordon, you got nothing. And that's what you're trying to do here. And um, because you could leave. And he was like, why are you back in Gotham? She's like, it's home, you know? And they're both kind of like talking about this. And, um, you know, Gordon is like, she she says something that makes him question um, what he says. Oh, right here. But it doesn't matter. You aren't listening. Because when you look at me, you don't see a girl that's trying to make things right again. Nope. Uh, all you see is Mr. J's ex-girlfriend. Because this whole time she was trying to tell him what happened. Like, they were like, no, yeah. these corrupt cops were trying to shake down the neighborhood. And that's what's going on. So Gordon, you know, has Harley Quinn get taken out to the car. And there's this, there's been this waitress the whole time trying to clean up the mess of this diner where this fight broke out. And he asks her, he's like, so when I came in here, you told me that Harley Quinn tried to rob the place and those cops tried to save you. Um, Is that what happened? Or is that what they want you to say? And so we kind of get the implication that she told the truth. She was like, no, they've been shaking down the diner and Harley Quinn actually saved us. So we have these, you know, panels of the cops getting taken away. They're like, yo, boss, you can't really believe her. Like, seriously? Like, what the hell? And so, um, you know, kind of have a little, like, heart to heart. And she's like, you know, I, I believed you this time, but I still got to take you down for battery. And she's like, mm. about that. <laughs> yeah. And you see that she's already out of the cuffs. She yeah. jumps over the ambulance. And she's like... I said that I'm trying to be better. Yeah. Not that I'm good at it, but I'm trying to be better. Uh, and so Gordon's like, you know, just try not to be as much in trouble as you were tonight and, and, yeah. and just try to stay clear of it. And he's and he's like, oh, by the way, uh, strawberry rhubarb is my favorite pry. And yeah. she's like, oh, OK, cool, because that was one of the questions mm-hmm. that they had in the diner. Um, and she's like, oh, well, it used to be pudding, ironically enough, but now. It's store-bought pumpkin pie with a whole bunch of whipped cream. Yeah. 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 Uh, the story's way better than we described it, by the way. I should definitely go pick this book up and read it. But these Harley Quinn, like, shorts have been awesome. Like, they've yeah. been really good. And, you know, I think a lot of times people don't give Harley Quinn credit for being such a good character. She is arguably the fourth best character in DC. Like, they promote the hell out of her. Yeah, like if if it wasn't a Trinity, it would be a freaking uh, whatever the number is for or the yeah. word for uh, four. Uh, yeah. I guess foursome, but that's just odd. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but like it, just like how just like how uh, they promoted, you know, James Gunn running the DCU. They said yeah. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn. They yeah. didn't name any other Justice Leaguers. Yeah. They literally said those three and Harley Quinn. And it shows, like, in the range that she is able to have in comics and in live action and in animation that we've seen, she really is one of the most popular characters in DC. Probably, outside of Batman, probably the most cosplayed character in DC. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those stories were great, but that was definitely my favorite book of the week. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be reviewing Blue Beetle. So 
If you do not want to hear spoiler reviews right now for Blue Beetle, I highly suggest you click off now and come back and listen later. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about that was posted in the Discord before we move on to Blue Beetle uh, was the... Um, Oh my god, George Humanis posted that Catwoman photo. I don't know if you saw that. It looks awesome. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be in the Batman book. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're not going to be too fond of. But anyways, Blue Beetle, ladies and gentlemen, this is your spoiler warning in the three, two, one. It is now Blue Beetle time. Clay, what did you think about Blue Beetle, man? This movie, I think, met expectations. It wasn't like anything that was revolutionary to the genre by any means but it wasn't something that i believe was generic i think that it did have some highlights i think it was really really fun for an origin film um i do think that it was a little bit of a short movie like it moved very yeah. like the pace was was quick but it felt organic at the same time yeah. um but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think if people uh, are hesitant, uh, and I don't think you should be, uh, at the idea of this being a Latino-centric movie, then this movie mm -hmm. is not for you because it is all over the place in this movie. Yeah, they like... I mean, but if if you were to not watch a film because it involves another culture, that says a lot about you. Yeah, it, <laughs> you know it, it I mean? genuinely does. But in retrospective, literally, uh, freaking uh, Susan Sarandon is literally the only white person in this movie. Yeah, that has a role for sure. Um, yeah. Well, because there are like a bunch of side characters, like like uh, mini characters in there. Because like the girl at the desk was white. You know what I mean? Like, oh, stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. But you're talking true, about like main true, true. cast members. Main would, cast members agree. with the most screen time. Susan yes. Sarandon is literally the only one. Yeah. Um, this was, I, I really enjoyed it, man. I think I, it's, here's the thing. I found the movie very funny, but it's because it's my culture. Like, mm -hmm. I know what they're saying. I know what those things mean. I know, like, the way, you know, the way the family talks to each other is how I grew up. Like, I loved it. Like, we were laughing at a bunch of stuff in that movie. And again, but, just like some of the other movies recently, I feel like we were kind of the only ones. But yeah, like also one thing that kind of concerns juice concerns me a little bit. I do know that later on today, literally as of right now, the time that we're recording the time slot for the movie that we are going to that uh, blue beetle uh, for mm -hmm. right now. I know that that theater is much more filled than ours was at 2 PM our time. Um, and that may be because, like you even said, the whole reason why us going to see it at 2 p.m. was, hey, school is still in. We don't have to deal with large crowds or anything else. But, like, it looks like from what I saw and researching it, there are theaters that are really getting packed in. So I'm glad people are going out to see this movie. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the theaters that we go to right now, and there's like one or two showings, like around seven that are packed, but for the most part, not really. And really? that kind of is, yeah, it is kind of like disheartening um, to see because I wish people, especially in our fucking city, I wish they would go watch this movie. Yeah. Um, but you I know. think this movie will have more word of mouth power than anything, though, when it comes to our culture yeah. and, 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 of course, the South. I think it's going to be more of word to mouth. 
yeah. rather than people just, hey, let's go see a movie type. Of yeah. And it's unfortunate because they didn't get to get a full press tour. They didn't get to do all of that stuff. You know, um, I was like, you know, after this film, I was like, you know, I, I really enjoyed Jenny Cord in this film. And I was like, dang, I was like, who's this girl? I was like, I have not seen anything from her. Apparently, she's like a supermodel that I did not know this because she has 44 million followers on Instagram. Are you serious? Yeah. I think she might have dated like a famous soccer player or something. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so, okay. I don't know if that's true or not, but like everything on her social media recently is all, of course, all, all Blue Beetle. But she is 28 is what I learned. So uh, it's not like she's like a young superstar that just like showed up out of nowhere. But she has 44 million followers, which is insane. So looking at, yeah, 45 million followers. Uh, she is currently only following 987. But I had told you at the mm -hmm. end of the movie, this was her only film. I'm looking at her filmology now. Yeah. This is her only movie. Everything else looks like telling telenovelas yeah it doesn't surprise me she did good in this film yeah um she did great and i think the whole family did well uh and it was funny because i think sholo does really good in this film like it mm -hmm. was very believable when he got like pissed and stuff i believed it and me and clay were joking about it before the film i don't think timothy chalamet is a good actor i don't believe him in his roles yeah and like we because we saw Wonka and then we saw Dune back to back. And we're like, this fucking the trailers. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just don't believe that person in the role. I feel like Charlemagne might be one of those people that like that's like Michael Sarah. You know, you have to put them in the proper role because mm -hmm. like I feel like he's trying to be a character instead of being the character. But if also. That makes sense. Thinking about that, though, and I even thought about it, literally the first scene that we see Sholo in for this mm -hmm. movie is him getting off at the airport yeah. is the first time you see him in this movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as I saw him, it hit me. If Sholo hadn't become so famous for Cobra Kai, yeah, I would 100% believe that the It Boy over at Netflix mm -hmm. for a while would have been casted as Blue Beetle. The guy that was in Black Adam. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't forget. I don't know what his name is. But yeah, um, Sholo did really good here. Uh, the They did the family stuff so well, man. It was yeah. so relatable. Uh, and that's what you expect from a whole cast and crew that is Latino, right? Like, mm -hmm. you just expect it. It was rooted in that. It dealt with real issues, which... I'm waiting for Twitter to be like, oh, man, the fucking agenda in this movie, man. They were trying to make it out to be like, oh, white people are bad and the government. Like, because it deals with real world shit. Latinos are constantly kicked out of their neighborhoods. I mean, a lot of people that are in poverty are kicked out of the neighborhoods to be gentrified. And it can mm -hmm. be taken over by, unfortunately, a majority of the time, it's white people that have money. They come in, they build their shit. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love this place. It has so much culture, but you're fucking kicking out the people that brought it there. And that's part of the movie. Like, Cord Industries is buying up a lot of places in, uh, what is the place? Palma? Palma? Yeah, pa Palma City. Uh, yeah. This is not a, well, before, it was not a city that was actually in uh, DC's continuity. Mm. Um, but the most recent comic graduation day yeah actually made it canon so uh that city is now canon to comics yeah and it's like um in the florida keys right like it's in that area so very tropical -y kind of vibe 
and it's like really cool and like um it shows like there's of course a big cgi city like that's one of the things that they did cgi was the way the city looked and it's all skyscrapers and stuff like that but it shows that a lot of people that are living on the other side of the tracks as they say in the movies are not living so well they're trying to work out we find out that jaime's family his dad had a heart attack so he couldn't work anymore and he lost the shop and so they're losing the house because their landlords are like yo you don't pay up in three months like you're out yeah and it also there's like a cord industry sign in their yard so i don't know if they're the ones that own it or what the case is and so you know the one thing if you're a latino the one thing you constantly family is like really big and you you hope that you're gonna get big or you're gonna you know be successful one day so you can take care of your family it's like you hope the next generation is always going to be better that's how yeah. we live and family sticks together they had the grandma living with them i've experienced that like you know all of this is just the whole family together and it was just like really nice that the family fought as one essentially yeah and it was like really cool and like it doesn't jump right into like blue beetle shit. Like it's really cool. Like you, they built up the family a little bit. Like oh yeah, they helped him get a job because he was like oh I'm gonna be here for the family. I could have came home, and that hit really hard too. Like because um, I had an instance recently where my mom wasn't feeling good, and my brother and uh, we were taking care of my niece, and my mom wasn't feeling good, and I had to go to a soccer game for my niece in place of my uh, my uh, parents. And I was there. And my brother was like, where's mom and dad? They're like, I was like, oh, they had to go somewhere because they didn't want to tell my brother because they were on vacation. Yeah. And they do that in this movie. Like, and a lot of people might find that annoying, but it's we're caring for you. We don't want you to worry. Like, we yeah, will take the burden that's, on. That's that's a really big thing with families. Yeah. Uh, and I think the heart of this movie is not only the Reyes family, but specifically yeah. uh, uh, Jaime's father. Yeah, he is the he is the the glue that holds everybody together. Yeah, there's several points in this, uh, especially in the beginning when you're learning about everything that the family's going through. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, it's okay. Like, hey, I had a heart attack, but I'm here. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm alive. You know, yeah. we're all good." Um, and then you know, even when they're all down in the dumps, he's, he, he, you know, you learn later on in the movie that. He had job after job after job after job, yeah. which is also something very relatable for families like us. That's like, hey, we don't we aren't spoon fed everything yeah. like you. You literally like all of the uh, I, I know it's 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 something of a debate uh, with younger generations and everything else. Mm -hmm. But it's also something uh, in older generations of our family are very proud of of like, hey, I cleaned bathrooms for five years and then I yeah. went on to, you know, work on trucks. And then from there, I, I I worked at a store and they worked themselves up and built like a a life for them. And that's the whole thing with this family is like, hey, we built this life in this house and yeah. whatever happens, we're going to still be together and we're fighting through it. Um, Very just like really down to earth stuff that really yeah. hit hard that I absolutely love. And I don't think you would have gotten this type of story if any other person had just uh, directed this movie. No, I don't, I don't think they would have focused on the Latino heritage or any, or like family uh, life at all, which I think is really awesome. And the story that the, the, the flip side of the coin is we have the opposite side of Jenny cord who her father's missing, which is Ted cord. And she's, you know, being not she's not being supported by her aunt because her dad was part of the company. So they have money. Right. But we there's one point in the movie where we find out she grew up in a mansion 
And, uh, you know, Sholo or, you know, uh, Jaime is all like, man, it must have been awesome living in this house. She was like, well, it's kind of lonely. Like, you know, my family wasn't around. Like, my mom died and then my dad wasn't, like, around because he kind of, like, threw himself into the work. So I was kind of alone a lot of the time. And then she kind of reveals at that point, she was like, all of this is just stuff. Like, you have family. Like, you know, I didn't have that. And you kind of learn that. And one thing that happens, you know, we're skipping to the end here, um, because Jaime's family kind of resents Jenny because they she gave him the scarab. Yeah. And they're like, you're bringing all this bad luck on the family. Like, you know, you're part of the problem. And, and obviously we have George Lopez, who's the uncle. He's like, oh, you're big, you're big corporation. You're big, you know, you're big brother. He, like he almost stole the show. Yeah. Like he was so good in this. Like there is uh, two sides of George Lopez. There yeah. is the wacky side of George Lopez. And then there's the wackier side of George Lopez. Mm -hmm. There's really two sides uh, of, of him. And there's nothing in between. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't so much as like the raunchy stuff that you see in his like stand up stuff. Yeah. But his classic, like just funny George Lopez in here. And I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. There's one moment when he gets scared and I'm like, I get scared like that. Like, it's so funny, dude. Like, I was like, that's me. I was like, I get that. And like, uh, but the cool thing about it is uh, the, over the course of the movie, you find out that like they accept Jenny into her family. And that's what a lot of Latino families do. Like, yeah. you know, I've seen this on TikTok and it's been some of my favorite videos. There was this, uh, this white girl and she was like a uh, cosplay princess person. And she was like, the people I love going to work for the most are Latino families. Because when you go over there, they treat you like fucking family. And even though I'm there to pay to do something, they're like, oh, you get a plate, Nija. You have to take this. You have to do that. I'm like, that's Latino families, man. They're gonna mm -hmm. feed you, even if they can't afford to feed you. They're feeding you. Yeah, and that like, was one of the big things in the very beginning. Also, when they were eating, uh, you know, there was the joke of Jaime is like, "Oh man, like at least I got my tacos," you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of their lunch, when they're tipping, the mm -hmm. father's tipping, and the mom is like, "25 percent? Are you crazy?" Mm -hmm. He's like, "Hey, these people don't get paid nothing. Like, we'll yeah. worry about money later." And that's just the way yeah. our people are. Yeah, it's like we we know what work is, right? Mm -hmm. Granted, I'm a, you know, second generation born here. And like, I'm like, I don't want to fucking do that kind of job. But I'm like, <laughs> it's because my family did it before me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's something. what I meant by like, it's it's a harder conversation to have with younger generations. Yes. Because they just don't understand. But we yeah. were there to witness it. Yeah, they don't know the struggle, essentially. And that's not saying that they're not going to struggle and they're not going to mm -hmm. go through stuff like that. It's just it's different eras. That's why you kind of got to you got to listen a little bit, even though your family might maybe they had do some things you don't like or whatever. We still listen and we know what they sacrificed. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what this story is. So moving on from the family aspect, the Latino stuff, everything was fucking great um, about this film. But the Blue Beetle stuff in itself looked great. Like that it's been the big talk of the town recently is the director has been like, yeah, we went really heavy on practical effects because we didn't want to rely on VFX. And it was not, everybody's like been like praising the director because he was like, um, VFX are supposed to be there as a, like a luxury. They're not a dependency or something like yeah, that. You, you, you shared the, the uh, quote in the actual discord. Yeah. I'm actually going to pull it up. And uh, so like, that was really cool. Yeah, you have it. he said that 
uh vfx is a tool not a dependency yeah that's what it was and, and so that they- is so true for everything in this movie like there is there are clear things that you're like okay that is vfx yeah but there's some things in here i'm like was that practical or yeah. was that vfx everything with the blue beetle when he is standing still when there is moments where you can actually see the details on his face that mm-hmm. is a practical suit that is not cgi whatsoever yeah it's not and like it how they looks fantastic yeah it's it's not how they do the iron man suit now it's how they did the iron man suit in the first movie which was yeah. practical yeah and i hope they stick with that and it seems like this director has a good head on his shoulders and would stick with that if we do get a blue beetle too yeah. um and like it was just really cool, man. And they didn't try to be like, we have to have crazy fights. Like, it has to be insane. Like, no, they showed this is what would happen if your body got taken over by an alien, right? Like, yeah. they had to do some reboot systems, which everybody's already seen that in the trailer. It's the splitting the bus and all that stuff. And then they have to figure out, like, what's going on. And so that's when we kind of find out that, you know, Jenny and, uh, you know, George Lopez is basically the third character or maybe fourth character besides Susan Sarandon in this movie. And um, he's tagging along and driving them everywhere. Like, oh, we got to go figure out how to do this. And he's also kind of a genius that we we learned that. But yeah, you, know, you wouldn't know that from the way he looks. And so um, he helps them like break into Ted Industries to kind of get the key that they need to go find out, you know, to basically go to the blue beetle cave. Yeah. And um, so they, they do all this, you know, shenanigans happen. We see the first fight between him and the villain of the movie uh, on the streets. And that's kind of like a funny moment, you know, with, uh, you know, George Lopez, like swinging his truck around and fucking shooting. Yeah. This thing that out. was wild, man. Uh, but it, it's like pretty cool. The fights are, you know, pretty cool. And we start, this is the one thing that I think a lot of people aren't going to talk about, but I loved that they actually fucking did it in the movie. They made the not killing be part of the story. Yeah. Because everybody just assumes that. Well, not at Marvel. They fucking kill everybody. Like, yeah. Marvel kills everybody. Granted, the Reyes family has some blood on their hands. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> we were cracking up at that part. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But they got some blood on their hands. Oh, for um, sure. So anyways, which I think is very funny that we're talking about Jaime and Achille, though. But um, so Jaime is he, uh, you know, he's getting his ass beat. And the Scarab's like, can I take over? Because like, I can I can help you and I can save you. And he's like, yeah, go take control. And so the Scarab takes control and he starts beating the ass of this person. Um, and so like, let me show you how it's done, Jaime. And like starts fucking beating this guy's ass. And then uh, he gets kind of unconscious or he gets like not his head rung, his bell rung. And that's when George Lopez saves them and then they kind of take off or whatever. And so, but he has the chance to kill this villain. Like that, the Scarab wants to kill this person. Like we need to neutralize the strength. Like, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't kill. Like, you know, we don't kill. Yeah. And the Scarab's like, command accepted. And so it's starting to learn over the course of, of the film that it's like, okay, we don't do these things, which I think is kind of cool. It's very subtle. It's not like I've learned new programming. It's not like, yeah, that. it's, it's not like that, but it's also this undertone, uh, story of like we all know what like other people who hate mexicans yeah think that we are yeah and i think that's one of the big like undertone stories is like yeah hey jaime is not gonna kill because that is something that is probably expected from him so yeah so he's not gonna do it um and uh 
I I really do dig that. There there was this point where uh you know, we kind of are jumping all over the place, but near the end, uh he there's there's this moment where he is fighting a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. and they're about to neutralize him again. They're like, no, 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 remember, we don't kill. And it went from a lethal weapon and changed it to a non-lethal weapon and yeah. then started to shoot off. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. I think was that when he was saving his family? Is that what you mean? Yeah. And he's like chaining them to the walls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I I I love that that you know it that does happen throughout the movie and you know, skipping to the very end. Um, stuff happens to to Jaime. Like uh, he thinks that his uncle's dead, and so he goes like Super Saiyan mode, essentially. Yeah, and he does like a big Kamehameha kind of thing. Dude, and... I almost thought he said it. Yeah, that would have been split awesome. Second, I thought so, he said it. So you know what's funny? I thought because there's this point when they go and they get the. I don't know if there's a name for the Blue Beetle Mobile. Like I don't know if there's a name for it, but. It gets spray painted on because of the sister spray paints something on there, which I think was kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But she spray paints uh, what I thought said anime for the <laughs> longest time. I thought it said and I was like, damn, she must be a big weave to spell anime. But it was a mino. Yeah. So it's soul in, yeah. in English. And so I was like, oh, I had to look that up afterwards because I was like, did it say anime? I was like, why did she spray paint that? Um, but it was, it was a mino. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool. But. Yeah, he does go kind of like, uh, you know, crazy Super Saiyan. And he has the chance to kill this guy. And the Scarab actually stops him at the end of the movie. And is like, we don't kill. Like, because at this point, we there's this moment in, in the movie where the Scarab and Jaime finally sync up. And they become yeah. one. And um, symbiote or whatever. Like, uh, uh, but they, come, they become symbiotic, yeah. Symbiotic, there you go. And so, like... Um, so the scarab actually has learned not to kill, and they're like, we don't do that, and that's what happens. And so it was like uh like a classic anime moment where you know the good guy doesn't kill. The good guy like changes like the bad guy to being like, you you gotta remember where you come from. Like this isn't you know the bad stuff and things get better and whatnot. And so it was like really cool. I really enjoyed that instead of like, oh yeah, let's just kill all the bad guys, you know, or like, oh yeah, everybody yeah. ends up dying or whatever. Like it was a hero trying to be a hero. Mm-hmm. and i like that and um of course susan sarandon played a good villain in this she was a bitch dude that poor dude man yeah. sanchez <laughs> yeah sanchez dude he reminds me of one of my friends so much i'm gonna be like dude you gotta go watch this movie because it reminds me of you so much um sanchez was funny he did seem like the kind of person that was pushed over which that mm-hmm. is something that a lot of people think latinos are too a lot of people think latinos are pushed over um and so like and that was a lot of disrespect that they showed that in this thing too that a lot of people uh jaime goes to go do an interview at court industries and the white receptionist there is like jamie you can sit down jamie he's like it's it's jaime okay jamie and it's like it's jaime all right jamie we'll be right with you and it's like a lot of people listening to this if you're not latino you might think that we're just making that up that fucking happens people fucking do that and they do not they don't want to take the time to learn your name so they just say it the way they want and Mm -hmm. if it's a friend and like we're on those terms fuck it go for it like if we're friends i always made like when at my old job everybody had a nickname i said everybody's name different or weird but it's because i knew them we were cool we would eat together it was that's how it was but like um 
people genuinely do that. Like I've had that happen to me before. So like, if you think that they're over exaggerating that shit, that shit happens 100%. And like that lady, like Sid and Sarandon's character, you know, uh, what was her name? Vanessa Cord? Was it Vanessa yeah. Cord? Uh, uh, Victoria. Is it Vanessa or Victoria? I think it's Victoria. It might be Victoria. It's a V name for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she just kept calling him Sanchez. She's like, oh yeah, Sanchez. Like, and, uh, you know, there's a cool moment when he finally stands up for himself, which I think is really cool. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there was some silliness in the movie. Like, there's definitely, that definitely does the, happen. Uh, the the bug farting. Yeah, that was very childish. Uh, there's also, there was like a, probably another moment. I love that the sister gets basically a Game Boy glove as oh, her yeah. weapon. Yeah, the, the Nintendo know? glove, the power yeah. glove. Yeah power glove there you go um and like it has like weapons and stuff like that but like there's very subtle things where like the sister starts to like jenny over time because mm-hmm. she thinks jenny's a bad person at first she's like she's a core dude they're all bad and so she's very like anti-government and that kind of happens in latino families and it's not always for the best you know sometimes the younger generation does listen to the older generation and picks up their bad habits and and honestly just due to like we watched the trailer for this yeah. and we had a whole discussion about the comment. Oh, Batman's a fascist. Yeah. Knowing how George Lopez's character is in context, yeah. that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I like that. He also thinks he's a fascist because he actually really likes Ted Cord. He yeah. was a uh, Ted Cord was cool because he was funny or yeah. he had a sense of humor. And so, like, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? Where Batman is very brooding, he's serious, and it's his way or the highway, you know? Yeah. And so it makes sense on why, you know, in context, why he says that. And there is no Batman cameo or anything like that, by the way. Yeah, the the whole idea of, like, there being a cameo in here was sitting in the back of my mind. I'm like... Well, it has to happen eventually. Yeah. And there just isn't one. Yeah. So that they were lying about that. Uh, jumping over to our spoiler chat real quick, though. Jan says, I heard there's references to Man of Steel a few times. Was there? I didn't pick up on them if there was. Uh, I don't believe there was. Yeah. So I don't remember hearing anything like that. There's really no references to the outside of, of Blue Beetle, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, they say Batman, but. And I, I think that was on purpose. And yeah. the director has said that uh in interviews they they said we have we were good at staying you know in our lane so that way if they want to pick it up for the new dcu they can it i don't understand how gun could watch that film and not just say that is the first dcu film honestly like honestly like nothing hurts it I understand the idea of like Superman has to be the first yeah. movie. Like there's that idea, but in all reality, mm-hmm. when you are looking at, because there's a lot of conversation and a lot of talk of Ted Cord in this movie. Yeah. There's even a moment where you see a portrait of him, mm-hmm. a painting, but the painting is very blurry. Yeah. yeah. They don't show his face. And so, there is room to like you can legit look at this movie and say this is the first dcu movie yeah yeah i would i would see that uh the character i mean the character the director is even saying this this is coming from home of dc um soto which is the uh the director says uh there's also a belief in our characters who are going to be a part of the new dc universe especially sholo's character and his whole family 
and Jenny Quartz character. I don't Bruna, I think is her name. I would butcher Marquez Marquezine. I believe I don't I'm no, I'm butchering the last names. Even though I'm Latino, I butcher other Latino names. I'm sorry. Um, so knowing that they're going to continue moving forward in the DCU allowed me uh to feel relief for myself and for them. I want to see them continue. Like oh, I yeah. want a trilogy. I think this family is funny. Um, I think I don't think we got the full potential of the grandma. Oh no, I don't think we did yeah. either. The um, grandma has a lot of story to be told. Yeah, the uh Nana or, or yeah, not Nana. Uh Nani or yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Nana, I think it's I believe. Nana. Uh, um, she yeah. she was wild because yeah. like for one, she is kind of like the subtle comedic relief in here. Yeah. Like there's George Lopez, but like I love the subtlety of like the uh ignorance is bliss in the very big like in yeah. the first part of the movie to the point of like she's nitty gritty like yeah like when they stormed the castle type of thing and we find out that she was part of the revolution yeah like, that is great yeah <laughs> like uh uh, uh Jaime's sister is like how do you know how to carry that gun she's like yeah. oh mija there's things you don't know about me at all <laughs> yeah the mom's like we'll have to talk about your grandma's past at some point <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and she has a thing where like she lets her hair down so she looks like a revolution, you know. Yeah. And like it's just really funny. And she has a Gatlin gun for, by the way, for us describing it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty funny. Like, uh, but speaking of that, right? So Sholo, you know, um, you know, Jaime gets captured at one point after he saves his family from their house being burned down because, um, you know, uh, Victoria Cord or uh, Vanessa Cord, I don't remember. It's Susan Sarandon's character. Uh, is going after the Blue Beetle Scarab. And so she, of course, threatens the family. And while this is happening... Victoria Accord. I, I needed Accord. to look it up. Oh, it's Victoria. Okay, Victoria. Yeah, we're, yeah. So Victoria uh, is there, and she wants to test out the Scarab. So she's like, go ahead and like target the family. So he protects his family. And what ends up happening is, uh, as he's trying to de- defend them, he's like, run. The dad falls down, or the sister gets shot or falls down, and like the dad tries to save her. He ends up getting hurt. And ends up having a heart attack while um, Jaime is trying to fight off um, uh, Victoria Cord, and it that was got a little teary eyed up in there, got a little watery in the eyes there. Yeah, he couldn't save his dad. Yeah, it, it's one of these moments, and it's a very classic moment for superhero films, but mainly. Uh, most iconically for Superman, uh, mm-hmm. the whole idea of like, oh, I have all these powers. There's nothing I could do to save him. Yeah. And Jaime was literally in the act of yeah. saving him when it all happened to the point where uh, the AI of mm-hmm. the Scarab, you see him look down at his sister and his dad and you see her with a life signal with a heartbeat and you see yeah. him outlined in red signalizing yeah he's dead yeah, cardiac arrest on it yeah and like you think you're like oh the beetle can easily save him but yeah. then he gets captured and can't do anything and you're just seeing all the families saying help us help us and he's being taken away and i was just like god damn i was that like, that, that hurt up. man yeah and then they there's this montage of him being taken away and then the whole family's just like crying in agony and they're like trying to shock him alive. And like in the montage, you just start seeing them all crying, insinuating that he died. Yeah. And you're like, that fucking sucks. And so that was like really tough. And like he's, you know, 
there's this moment when he is captured and he is dying essentially because they're trying to take the scarab off of him or transfer the power and um he meets his dad like essentially in the afterlife yeah and there's this story that's going on between the dad and and the son you know or Jaime that he's like what like what's your purpose dad like what like what's your destiny he's like i don't know yet i'm still trying to figure it out and when he meets him in this other world he's like this is my destiny to be here for you to let you know that you're not ready like you don't need to be here and i'm gonna be fine and so that's when the blue beetle finally syncs up with jaime and they become one this is when sanchez becomes a hero too which i think is really cool and uh this starts the big fight sequence towards the end uh, yeah. which i think is really cool and this is when we all before that uh we had the family storm the the castle and, with the blue beetle mobile and this is when we see the family start getting blood on their hands because <laughs> they crashed land and they're like we got to do something and they make the legs come out of the beetle and they just start stomping and like at first it's kind of like the batmobile in arkham where they just brush everybody to the side so they're yeah, not it, killing it, it legitimately looks like the legs are just like throwing them into the air and so you're yeah. assuming they're just like falling back onto the ground you're like okay whatever but there's one point specifically yeah where one of the legs legitimately stabs a dude's stomach and then when the leg comes back up it's still attached yeah to the guy and me and juice freak the fuck yeah. out we're like oh my god there's no way that guy is alive like he is dead and like it just like shakes him off and then just keeps moving and i'm like bro he just stomped <laughs> on that guy and he died and so that happens and then like when they're going inside like the the sister and uh jenny cord are and they're they're gonna go find you know blue beetle and so they're doing their thing they get into some trouble they get separated and the sister uh is like about to die because she's in trouble that's when blue beetle shows up saves her and they're about to get in some trouble. And then the grandma shows up and she Gatlin guns some people. Yeah. And then like, she's all like, stand behind me, mijo. And then like a whole g- bunch of them comes like, ah, she's like, die imperialist. Like, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> and so granted, you could argue the grandma might not have blood on her hands because that is a Ted cord weapon. So it's probably non-lethal. Yeah. Could argue yeah. that. That one guy died, though. George Lopez killed somebody. Oh, like, dude. And not only that, but there's a moment where Jenny and the sister are planting these bombs. Oh, yeah. In the reactor room to mm-hmm. basically just make the island lose power. That's yeah. their only intention. But one of the guards literally gets like face to face to one of these bombs, like trying to look at it to see what it is. Yeah. And it blows up right in his face and he like falls back. I'm like, that dude's dead. Yeah. That dude well, was in you know. Batman showed me that you could eat C4. <laughs> so he might be okay. He he actually had a full set of armor that covered his face, I think. That is true, too. So he might be fine. But, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of questionable possible kills by the Reyes family in this movie. Um, there's a lot of fun parts that we're not telling you about. Like, George Lopez has a truck in here that he really loves, and he gets the taco. Up. Yeah, the taco. I thought that was kind of a stupid name. I think you could have come up with a better name than the taco. Uh, unless they would have shaped it like a taco, that would have been funny. Or he should have had like taco logos on it or something. But, anyways, yeah. uh, there is that part. There's some funny shenanigans with um, George Lopez's character. And then, um, yeah, towards the end, like there's this big battle. That's when you kind of see it in the trailers when he has a big sword and stuff like that. 
And it's kind of like what we already talked about where, you know, he wants to kill this character because he thinks George Lopez's character died and he's going all out and they kind of have this heart to heart. And then we learn about the villain. This is very anime. Anime does this thing where right before the villain's going to die, you learn about their past and why they became a villain. And so you learn that from this one guy and you find out that Victoria is the reason why he's so shitty. Yeah. Like, because she found him as a kid and made him a weapon. Like, the way you felt through the movie, you think he is just one military asshole. Yeah. Is basically the vibe that you're getting. Yeah. And throughout the entire movie, he has this little trinket, this locket that has a picture of a woman and a child. Yeah. And again, you assume that was his wife and his son and you know he's probably doing all of this uh to you know you know remember them or whatnot and you come to find out that's his mother and him that was a locket that was owned by his mother mm-hmm. and we find out that his house was bombed by cord industries by victoria yeah he was then picked up as child and made into a child soldier from the beginning because we did learn Ted Industries was was founded by uh, or or sorry Cord Industries was mm-hmm. founded by Ted's father yeah and his sister Victoria helped her father kind of build up a military industry mm-hmm. and then when Ted's father died. Victoria thought she was going to be getting the company, but instead it was given to Ted. And mm-hmm. even when uh, when Jaime found that out, he's like, it's kind of sexist, right? Like, yeah. if, if he kind of wanted nothing to do with all of this military stuff, why would his father give it to him? Mm-hmm. And that's when Jenny was like, yeah, it, it, it was. But it was good because he wanted to change Ted uh, or Cord Industries into something to better the world instead of, you know, make it yeah. uh, worse. And so we learn that you know victoria is bad to the core mm-hmm. like in all ways and so i love the mirroring of the way when jaime saw his father in the afterlife he was like it's not time like go be the blue beetle like go save our family mm-hmm. whereas when we see the soldier uh, essentially become Omac when he is uh, facing Victoria at the very end, he sees his mother and she yeah. says, it's time, like come home. Mm-hmm. And so his suit starts to build up power and, and go into like ba- basically self-destruct mode. And he grabs Victoria and walks into the flame that was the helicopter that they were in. And he blows up yeah. the entire island. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, they they all go off into, you know, they fly away on the the bug mobile. And uh, and then after that, we get to see like um, just kind of the aftermath of the movie. We find the they get kind of a happy ending. George Lopez gets a new truck that Jenny gave him. Jenny says that they're moving away from weapons. They're not going to be doing that anymore. And she believes in the people. Um, there is a specific part of the city. They didn't say Palma City or whatever. But a specific part. I forget what they called it. Um, they're like, we're going to believe in that, the people that made that area, and we're going to invest in them. And so she basically says, you're getting your house back. Like, we'll rebuild everything for you and all that kind of stuff. 
And so, like, there's also this one moment where, you know, her, like, throughout the whole movie, Jaime's all like, you think she likes me? Like, she's cool? Cause, like, oh, she's single? You know, like, yeah, all of these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, a, you know, definitely a boy who has a crush the whole time. And then at the end of the movie, like, they almost kiss once or twice. And then it finally happens at the end of the movie. And he's all like, she's like, I got to go, you know, back to my old house. And he's like, I can drive you there. I can fly you there. And then so, like, uh, which is funny because throughout the whole movie, too, like, Latino families rag on you during your like most sentimental moments or whatever. Yeah. Right? So they're about to kiss and they're like, oh, look at you. You know, like, <laughs> so they're making fun of him. He's like, ah. And then he turns on the Blue Beetle suit and they fly away kissing together or whatever, which is very superhero cheesy ending. But yeah, like we said a few, a few, um, a podcast ago, superheroes comics are soap operas with powers. Yeah. But not only that, like, we never had the chance to say, a Mexican had that ending and now we can, Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, it's huge. And, and for me, I, one of the ongoing gags in this movie was like the sister first makes a reference to a telenovela. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Jaime, you're this character and she's this character and like, you're her secret lover and like yeah. all of this stuff. And even the grandmother makes that reference later on. Yeah. And this is like, that's what I said. Yeah. And they all start going in on the joke. Like it's, I love that kind of thing yeah. uh, just because it shows how connected the family is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think overall really enjoyed the film. Uh wasn't like 10 out of 10 amazing film. It wasn't yeah. anything like that, but I really enjoyed it. I could be around the um, 7.58 range for me personally. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good spot for it. Um, I don't think I've given anything a nine or 10 in a really long time. Oppenheimer's probably a nine, actually, to be honest, but that's different superhero wise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I really love this. I do think I heard a lot of people saying it was a love letter to Latino culture. And like, I don't know if it's necessarily a love. I mean, I guess you could say that is our culture, right? Family. Yeah. Um, but I would just say it's like a love letter to Latino families, you know? Um, now, granted, I also know that there's probably a lot of people that would see this film as Latinos and be like, my family wasn't like that, you know, because not everybody has a great upbringing, you know? Yeah. But I think if you did have a family that was loving and was similar to that, you'll relate to this movie a lot. And uh, that's definitely something I related to. Um, and the crazy thing is this is only like the family that lives in their house. Like they didn't have extended family there because when you have extended family – well, the crazy. one thing that I did love at the very end of the movie, like you saw like the neighborhood come together. Yeah. And then like the next scene is like everybody has drinks, everybody mm -hmm. has food. It's like, yep, that's exactly how it would go. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the Latino family, everybody does potlucks. Everybody's like, I'm going to cook this and everybody brings something. Yeah. And every family member has a signature dish. Like somebody mm -hmm. has the cheese dip. Somebody does the brisket. Somebody does that. Abby has become the person that brings the dessert. Yeah. So, like, that's just kind of how it is. Like, my aunt makes this, like, weird broccoli raisin type of stuff. And, like, you know, it doesn't sound good, but it tastes fucking delicious. <laughs> like, I, I'm just, like, the first time I had it, I'm like, what is this? And it's like, you know how you, to be courteous, you always get, like, a scoop of something. Just, like, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, got it. And then I ate it, and I was like, yo, this is good. 
And like now she makes it every time she comes over here because she's like, oh, you actually liked it. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, that shit's dope. Nice. Um, so that's really nice. But like, yeah, dude, this was just yeah. I mean, to copy what people said, it it's a love letter to Latino culture, and I think it's really cool to say we fucking finally have a superhero. Yeah. And George Lopez even says that in the fucking movie. He's like, oh, dude, like you're a superhero. Like we got somebody now. Like you know, like that's cool. And so, like, I hope he is a big part of the future of the DCU going forward because I think you can do a lot with him. And even if even if they don't, at least give him a trilogy. Like, I'll be satisfied with a trilogy. Yeah. But I would love to see him fighting alongside Batman and stuff. Like, that would be really cool. Um, I hope more people see this, man. I, it's unfortunate. I think the writer strikes really fucked this movie, um, which is unfortunate. I, I agree with what they're fighting for it's just yeah it sucks the one time a latino superhero here is it can't do the promo it can't do any of that kind of shit um which was one thing we didn't talk about james gunn was promoting this movie is that not like against the rules i think he has like special like he's also like a ceo like he, yeah like i mean his job's secure so it's like oh you're gonna really kick me out of my job you know like yeah um but i do because he's been really so respectful of the whole thing but i don't know if he gets like permission because like the you know they said you can go watch movies but like influencers shouldn't promote movies but like yeah you know, like, i don't, it's, I, don't it's, it's very, I would love to see what the conditions are yeah to some somebody like a james gunn yeah. So um because yeah, I'm pretty sure because a lot of people like I just looked at um you know Jenny Cord, I forget her name, um Bruna, I think. Uh she was promoting the hell out of it, like, you know, with like um just photos and stuff from set or whatever. And I think she had a birthday recently, so they gave her a blue beetle cake. And oh like, really? Yeah. She's she, Oh wait, I think I saw that blue beetle cake. Yeah. yeah. So um well, I don't know if you're thinking about the Blue Beetle cake that looked like Blue Beetle, not that one. This oh, okay, was like not a simple, you know, okay. you got it, like, you know, two-tier cake that was Blue Beetle. Um, but she looked like she she knows some, like, people. Like, so she she's definitely was, like, a supermodel before acting. She had to have been. Um, or dated somebody really popular or something, because nobody gets 44 million followers out of nowhere for nothing. And she's, like, been on Vogue and shit. So I think she's, a, like, a supermodel. Uh, she's a gorgeous woman. I was just yeah. very shocked that she was 28. I was like, oh, damn. That seems like old for Hollywood, right? Like, usually when somebody gets a starring role, they're like 22 years old. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. I want to see this uh, this family continue. I want to see this series continue. Um, Sholo, I've never seen him in anything, so he's a great actor. Uh, there was some parts in this I was like, damn. Like, I felt the intensity in this. Um, and, yeah, pra uh, practical suits all the way, by the way like it's it looks so good it looks so good and i want to see more of that and i hope that's what james gunn's doing he's like we're going practical like for everything yeah. um we got one more dceu movie to go through and then everything after that if it still bombs it's all on james gunn so <laughs> yeah. um we'll see what happens we'll be doing another our next review will be in december for um aquaman which that comes out on christmas are we seeing yeah I don't know if we're going to be able to yeah. see Christmas Day, but I I can try to, you know, probably honestly, if it's still, you know, we could probably get away with seeing it Christmas Eve. If it's early. If it's early, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, does it come out? Is Christmas on a Friday this year? Christmas uh, this year, looking at the... Because sometimes they'll do like two days early. So like oh, Wednesday. Oh, no. Christmas is on a Monday this year. Why does it come out on a Monday? That's so fucking weird. Just because it's a holiday? Like Can genuinely, we... I think that's the only reason why. You think it'll come out on Sunday? No, it's going to have to come out on Monday, right? Like it's going to be Monday. That sucks. We'll probably have to see it Tuesday then. Um, I think there is the slightest possibility that it'll have a two week advance ticket thing. That would be nice if we could get that. Um, like but... if, if it's as bad as people are saying, mm-hmm. and if WB is worried at all about its successfulness, I think they'll push like a two week advanced screening. Yeah. I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm, I really want this movie to be successful, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, I think it's hopefully people will start going to watch it. Um, but we'll see, you know, it's only got to make what, like 200 something million to be profitable. Maybe. Yeah. Cause I doubt they spent a lot on marketing. Cause well, what's, they didn't get to do anything. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this podcast. Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? Uh, as of right now, if you guys go to Star Wars Alliance, you can go check out the uh, retrospective of season four of Rebels on our road to Ahsoka. Uh, we reviewed that. We also have uh, our predictions for the Ahsoka show, which is premiering next week. So go check that out. And then, of course, go watch the show on Wednesday. Uh, but that is it for me. Nice, nice. Uh, I've just been streaming a lot lately. I've been really busy with my job. Um, But yeah, slowly and surely working on the new channel, and that'll hopefully be out pretty soon. Uh, Well, not pretty soon, but hopefully. Uh, That's what I'm trying to do. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. And remember, Batman is awesome. Batman!